I have here the form sent out by the National Computer Dating Service. They screen out the fat and the ugly, so it's obviously a firm of high standards. First here is the personality interview, which you are to fill out and return. Now then, are you ready, Harold? Here is the first question. Are you uncomfortable meeting new people? Well, I think that's a yes, don't you agree? Should sex education be taught outside the home? I would say no. Wouldn't you, Harold? Yeah, we'll give a D there. Should woman run for president of the United States? Well, I, I don't see why not. Absolutely, yes. Do you remember jokes and take pleasure in relating them to others? Well, you don't do that, do you, Harold? Absolutely not. Do you often get the feeling that perhaps life isn't worth living? What do you think, Harold? A? B? We'll put C. Not sure. Is the subject of sex being overexploited by our mass media? Well, that would have to be a yes, wouldn't it? Is it difficult for you to accept criticism? No. We'll mark D. Do you sometimes have headaches or backaches after a difficult day? Yes, I do indeed. Do you go to sleep easily? I'd say so. Do you believe in capital punishment for murder? Yes, I do indeed. In your opinion, are social affairs usually a waste of time? Heavens no! Can God influence our lives? Yes. Absolutely, yes. Does your personal religion or philosophy include a life after death? Yes, indeed, that's absolutely. Did you enjoy life when you were a child? Yes, you were a wonderful baby, Harold. Do you think the sexual revolution has gone too far? It certainly has. Do you find the idea of wife swapping distasteful? I even find the question distasteful. Do you? Harold, please. Do you have ups and downs without obvious reason? That's you, Harold. Tonight on the Marquee, our episode is in full bloom. We're taking a look at 1971's cult comedy classic, Hal Ashby's Harold and Maude. So hop in your hearses, make sure your seatbelt is on, and roll down the windows. And remember to stop and smell the flowers. An actual kid standing in a supermarket following him. Like a, 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 like a rotundus man. A rotundus. A rotu a rotund man. Such description. And, and he has like a saxophone and he's like, don't, And the guy's like, stop! Like, that's so messed up. Well, it's comedy, Mark. Where would we be without comedy? How have we been?
We're on a new episode of Nightcaps at the Theater. <laughs> yeah, it's an opening. Uh, we've gotten uh, a lot of praise from you guys, actually. Over 500 downloads throughout our entire series, and we're not even on Ooh. episode 10 yet. So yes. What's our cinema score? Is it an AA+. We're a podcast, so I don't think we have any. But mm. if, I'll just call it an A+. I would love if you guys out there who aren't me listening to this podcast a hundred times over would leave a review. Please just go on iTunes and... Leave us a review. It won't hurt. It really won't. It takes two seconds with their new system. You just put a, you can put a star rating and a mm. couple of lovely words and we'll be good. Yeah, actually, if you're listening to this, all you have to do is say, um, poopity scoop. Poopity scoop. Yeah. Kanye was. Tell me how many times that I, I, I'm doing it right now, how, how awful I am at articulating <laughs> the words. Awful. Apparently, <laughs> according to some who shall remain nameless, we talk over Mark far too much. Hey, listen, you know, that's, that's the name of the game here. You know, we all have to, you know, just, uh, be a little, uh, critical of other people's opinions. And that's how we form a cohesive dialogue and an argument. Only one of us mm. is going to get hired by Alicia Keys to, uh, join her team. So we got to make it count. What does that mean? You mean voice over her? reference to the voice. <laughs> oh, I don't watch that show. But yeah. we do have a show news with uh, Roseanne Barr canceling herself. Yay! Yay! All because she was on Ambien. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Ambien makes you a racist. Yeah, now, I'm sure. I saw a lot of those memes today on Twitter. But I was so happy that I will. I personally willed the Roseanne cancellation into existence. I prayed every night and oh, man. my prayers were answered. I know. It all took to sell your soul to Satan himself. Oh, thank God. Now, if only I, I can get her Snickers commercial, then I'll be set for life. <laughs> I didn't know she like, had one. Her, her old talent agency fired her. Good! She's wow. trash! Like, and all of her cast members, even, um, what's her name, that plays her daughter on the show, was disgusted with her, what she what oh. she had to say. Oh, yeah. Good! ABC is actually, apparently they're considering a show, a new show with all the, like, Which co-stars be, without John Roseanne. John Goodman, Laurie Metcalf, look at mm. all these stars. I'm pretty yeah, sure John definitely. Goodman would still be up for a totally. show. John Goodman would do anything for a... Uh, <laughs> Maybe we we turn this to like a eight simple rules situation mm. where uh, what's his name uh, dies and the, the show keeps going just because they bring on David Spade. Oh. So mm. in this way, we just uh, you know, he she's not dead, but we end up killing off Roseanne and we just call it uh, what's uh, John Goodman's uh, name uh, the character on the show Dan. 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 We just Dan. call it, we just call it Dan. Yeah, <laughs> do it a reverse. <laughs> yeah, the way Roseanne ended. Well, I know the series ended by all my podcasts are talking about that they had a flood in her house and Roseanne was addicted to. Uh, prescription medicines, mm. so maybe that fat had some medicine. Oh, my God. oh we've died. all been there. She lost some weight. She's not that fat. And she gained racism. Wait, why am I defending her? Yeah, she, did, I know. she did an awful thing. Saint Roseanne, patron saint of blatant <laughs> Twitter posts that are racist. Speaking of ways to take the show, someone on Twitter actually came up with an amazing idea, mm. which was replace Roseanne with Danny DeVito oh but, but, no, but yes, nobody yes. says anything they keep the show going exactly the way it is nobody acknowledges oh, it every night fuck Drag Race let's oh, get that no. on instead Danny DeVito uh, just goes to bed with John Goodman every night Dan you don't touch me anymore hey asshole <laughs> I mean maybe uh, if you weren't such a whore the resemblance is uncanny but, so or uh, un-Danny oh, oh Danny oh. <laughs> 
Some, and somebody else, man, uh, Twitter and Reddit are gold mines. I don't know if you've heard of these services, guys, but you should get on them. Um, but somebody else recommended that they have a rotating guest star <laughs> to take over Roseanne, work. and nobody acknowledges it either. Like in they that have a different John Mulaney Broadway show where they have the rotating guest star every night. Oh, I didn't know about that. Um, I still haven't seen that. I've been meaning to. Oh, hello. The, oh, oh, hello. Yeah. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. That, enjoying, that, yeah. Give that a watch. That yeah. is one of the funniest things. I wanted to see it on Broadway, but it's never worked out. I mean, there are ways. <laughs> there is literally too much tuna. <laughs> oh, it's coming to life. <laughs> oh, what a show. Our patron saint, Cheetah Rivera, dragged Roseanne on Twitter, and I found it hilarious. <laughs> she called her a blatant racist and said she should oh, be God. ashamed of herself. And when Cheetah Rivera does that to you, you should just quit. I just, I can't watch trash anymore. <laughs> I, 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 I cut out with the Arrow and, like, Flash and those CW shows. I just mm. can't do it. I just, they're too awful. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, this diet really yeah, is a strange diet. I, oh, you know, cutting, I've cutting just off become, the bloat and I've TV just become, too. you know, a walking internet troll. Mark <laughs> only watches renditions of musicals he's currently in, so Big Fish. Yeah, that, yeah and just the Tim Burton version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie. Maybe a, a later watch. Hey, I mean, we're almost sold Ooh. out for all of her performances. Ooh. So that I'm, that's pretty don't good. Don't fall. Please don't fall. Listen, I, I'm going to be I, worried every night. I'm hopping in those stilts. <laughs> and I'm having a blast. <laughs> Yeah, but last time you had a blast with the sword, your ear almost got cut yeah, off. Yeah, but that, that was actually, like, swords and uh, daggers. You can fall on the sharp actress and no, kill I can't. yourself. <laughs> no, I can't. Bring in the sharp. glass, lady! <laughs> glass for sale! Glass for sale! <laughs> <laughs> ringing a bell. Mark's career ended that night. We'll pull a superstar where Fatty O'Shamus' belly hit the record player and both of your parents killed during the Irish jig. Is this you a Wes Anderson movie? You've never seen Superstar with Molly Shannon and Glynis John? Oh, wait, no, I have. But, I but that, I that, have. that doesn't ring any bells, though. That's how her parents died! Oh, I, it's been a while since I've seen it. Uh, I guess that's the opening narration. No! No? It's like middle through the movie oh, when God. she learns why she can't be a star All because right. her parents died All on right, stage. I get it. Mm. That was a big time for SNL and their uh, offshoots of their characters. And I hate <laughs> SNL, but I love those movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's Pat is a treasure. Yeah? No. Uh, <laughs> I, I, like, I like to see some Coneheads. Mm, Coneheads is mm. good. That's what I see this week. I watched The Howling. What is that? Uh, an old werewolf film that we won't be watching on this podcast. <laughs> is this with Lon Chaney? Uh, I don't know who's in it. I, I can go get the, the, the DVD case while you banter. So John's over there, and uh, you know, I think I think we should just kill him. What do you think, Matt? Hey, that sounds good. I got some glass okay. here. Oh, hey, hey, what's up? <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> um, um, anyways, the Howling is from it's 1980. Um, I was looking into werewolf films because I'm already planning for our Halloween bash, knowing me. Um, and we're not watching a werewolf. Spooky, oh, scary skeletons. I think the way <laughs> I want it to run, and I know we'll talk about this off stage, but uh, or off uh, mic. I'm sorry, favorite terms. <laughs> but um, the way that I want Halloween to run is I pick all the Halloween movies. Oh, of course. And you know, but it might not work out like that. But what I have planned, I wanted to do like a mirror between werewolf and vampire mm-hmm. film, so we could. So see. Dracula Untold. I'm not going to tell you exactly, but um, I have a werewolf film in mind, and I have a vampire film in mind, and I said, you know what, let me see hmm. The Howling, let me see if it's any good. That's Absolute weird. Absolute shit, so we're not watching that on the podcast. Oh, so we're, we're watching Twilight. <laughs> Never. That would count as both a werewolf and uh, exactly. But they sparkle. 
They do sparkle. Those books are trash too. Also, Twilight One and Two. <laughs> New Dawn, Breaking, breaking, mo- yeah, breaking Wind, Breaking Wind, <laughs> whatever it's called. <laughs> but um, I watched The Howling. It apparently the sequels are even worse. Um, mm. It's a werewolf classic, according to my annals on the internet. I didn't like it at all. Is this? It, it was good for the wrong reasons. Is this one of those movies where Dee Wallace from ET? She played the mom, I think, in E.T. Okay. Remember what a character that was? Yeah. And that's the only star. So Is this Oof. one of those uh, werewolf movies that there's just, like, tons of gore in it? It's not even good gore. But, like, I remember th- there's, like, a werewolf movie. It's, like, a gif I keep, I keep seeing mm-hmm. of, like... Uh, I think it's a werewolf chasing a very like uh, chubby child in a forest, oh. and then he rips his like his head open from uh. like from from the jaws, mm-hmm. and so you see his tongue hanging I out. Was gonna say but they do it like a nice wraparound, yeah. so you know like that's actually a dummy, not no, an actual I, child. I haven't seen that. I was going to say Pet Cemetery Two, which is actually a pretty good film. I but, no. um, uh, it's not that. There's a similar scene with a chubby boy in it, but oh. I won't give away. Does it involve Clancy Brown? Running around? No. No? no. Okay. Um, you know, we. Uh, I don't think this exists yet. I, don't, I haven't seen this. A female werewolf. Oh, there's... Um, sure there is. There's yeah. a... Really? Sure. There's um oh. Insert... <laughs> well, why did this post? Hey, Google. There's an American Psycho sequel that's also awful that stars a female as the sequel. Oh, that, yeah. Mm. Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. Oh, that Mila sounds Kunis. familiar. Yeah. Female were- There's She-Wolf. But, but She-Wolf a- in London. What? Okay. That's a thing? Yeah. Oh, boy. Just Google it. All right. (laughs) Um, Hey, Google. (laughs) Yeah. What do you want, Mark? (laughs) Uh, Our character, Google. Is that a character we're going to introduce? Sure, exactly. Google. That's that's the name of our engineer. We're we're currently uh, thinking of segments for the show. character choices. I already introduced Glass Woman this episode, so we're going to have to... You two have to pick up your weight on this one. Um, But other than that, I started watching the new season of Kimmy Schmidt, and I'm loving it. That's nice. cool. But one thing I'm not loving is how they're teasing us with six episodes instead of a solid season. I'm getting sick of this Me trend too. that only just started. No! They give us the whole season until this year. They come uh, along and say six episodes will do. Well, mm. no, you'll be back for a bump. Same with uh, <laughs> Arrested Development. I think they gave us five mm, out I, of ten. What? Uh, really? Yeah. Ridiculous. I haven't started that either, but I have to, even though I hate what's going on with Jeffrey Tackle. Oh, of oh what's going on there now? You haven't heard? He got oh. me tooed. He got he got out of transplant apparent. Yeah. He made Jessica Tandy, right? Is it Jessica uh, Tandy? Walter. Walter. Sorry, I get my Je- there's Jessica Tandy, yes. Jessica Lang, Jessica Walter. He she made Jessica Walter cry during a public interview. Yeah. Why? Like, cuz he or, was or yelling what? at her. On Well, this was on stage. Yeah, but she was yeah. crying during the interview, the public yeah. interview. And then she Bateman said that was the worst she'd been treated. And you can't do that to her. She's been around forever. Yeah, that is. And they worked on oh. multiple projects yeah. together, too. Like, even Archer. Like, yeah. uh, like at least while well, he was in the first season. If Jessica Walter stabbed me, I'd help her push the knife in there. <laughs> <laughs> We're living in a, an age of men that do too much, uh, mm-hmm. the, too much wrong things. I mean, it is messed did, up. Did, did we not talk about Morgan Freeman? I think we did, right? Uh, not on the podcast. Oh, I don't think so. Well, Morgan Freeman says he didn't do it, but who do you believe now anymore? <laughs> His dead uh, step-granddaughter that he supposedly diddled. Oh, jeez. No. Oh, there's just so much going on. Who's mm. next? We'll never know. It could be one of us at this very table. Morgan Freeman's paralyzed hand. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Samuel L. Jackson at first, and I went, no, this is too topical. We just saw Unbreakable. 
Oh, that would that would be that devastating. Would, would ruin it. Morgan Freeman for like a little while now. He's been coasting on his old age and playing like mm, you know naughty old men, just getting the paycheck. Yeah. Well, just, Samuel yeah. Jackson, he's putting in the work. Yeah, but I just think to Shawshank, and I'm like, how, how? Well, now you can live the life of Shawshank. <laughs> yeah, now you can actually go to Shawshank. <laughs> exactly. And serve out his time. Uh, well, what have you guys been watching? What did you guys see? I think we both watched uh, the same thing yeah. separately. Yeah. And but... I'm going to sit this conversation yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's see. The big releases in the past couple of weeks have been Deadpool 2 and Solo, yeah, a Star Wars story. Two of the, this summer's uh, first blockbusters, I yeah. guess. Which well, we one was up, a blockbuster. There's not one really was... a lot of blockbusters this summer, besides it, well, Incredibles well, 2. Jurassic World 2. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go see that. Crazy right. Rich Asians. What? Book that's turning into movie entirely mm-hmm. Asian, enti- right. entire Asianly cast, yeah. entirely Asian cast. Written by Kevin Kwan, I believe. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's it. Did we not have anything? I didn't see uh, anything. No, I mean Hereditary, of course, yeah, but that's we'll more of a that. personal we'll blockbuster. Uh, good luck with that, guys. Be, yeah, I'm excited for it. They say it's right. the new Exorcist. I'm ready to wear right. a diaper in the theater mm-hmm. again. That ugly girl, like just like being haunted the whole time by Tony Collette. Mm. Oh, and sorry, audience, that's not Una Lawrence, it's the other one. I forgot her name, though, <laughs> but she was another Matilda that I saw on Broadway. There was, like, four of them playing the role. You'll have to forgive me, but <laughs> sorry, Una Lawrence. I know you're a fan of our podcast. <laughs> I'll pour one out for you later, but continue. Hereditary looks exciting. What did you see? Yeah. Yeah, uh, what did you think of, uh, well, let's start with Deadpool. Deadpool yeah. 2. I really liked it. Yeah. I forgot how much fun, like, just this series was mm-hmm. it was a blast to watch and i just really like you know outside of all the jokes the irreverence and things like that just the subversion of like so many superhero tropes it kind of in a weird way lends it a greater like authenticity and realism than you see in other superhero movies and it's like a movie that really knows how to play by its own rules mm-hmm. in the world that it's created uh i mean i really liked the first one when it came mm-hmm. out i saw it on valentine's day alone <laughs> As I uh, normally do. So you do. went to that film solo, but not solo? Mm. Solo? Mm. Yeah. I went a duo. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I thought it was funny. Uh, it was funny uh, to an extent, I thought, for, for a short time. Because mm. then I, I wanted to... When I, when I was hurting of the, of the sequel, like, I, I think of Deadpool. He's very crazy. He's very abstract. He's always breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. But to still have... I mean, you, I guess for a movie sake, you have to have meaning behind it and something that you can gravitate towards the character mm-hmm. and why you should care about him other than his just wacky antics and obscure references to other properties mm-hmm. but uh you know it it's like you said you know it it takes a lot of like those uh superhero tropes and just like turns it on its head and then mm-hmm. that's what kind of like makes you laugh and we're like ha, that that's great i, oh, I didn't yeah. see i didn't see that coming and that's that's wonderful and everyone is it's pretty stand out you know I, mm-hmm. there's a lot the, for me like you no know, as a marvel fanboy that i am sorry everybody <laughs> but apologize. uh like uh i, I wouldn't I, know a marvel from a marmalade <laughs> <laughs> that i picked up on a lot a lot of good uh memorable references and uh just pertaining to the comics and oh, nice. i thought that was I thought that was pretty cool yeah some of those probably even went over my head uh, some of those references, but I did like all the cameos that they had. Oh yeah, like you saw, um, like a whole group of X Men in that one room. Oh, spoilers, Matt. Oh, well, yeah, it's well, like I mean, a tiny. I, it's been out for, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like it, it won't affect your enjoyment of the I movie. Never I promise. Leaves the room. <laughs> 
Um, and apparently Brad Pitt was uh, the invisible. Yeah, I thought X-Force that was member. <laughs> Apparently Brad Pitt's in this movie. Well, <laughs> for, the for invisible, a few seconds. I don't think he's seen very much. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but, um, well, I, Celine I, Dion did the music video so they could get anyone. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I think I only have like two minor complaints about the movie. Which is uh, in the middle, like during the second act, the humor doesn't really hit as hard. It feels a little yeah. weirdly tired, but it's it's it is strangely isolated to like the second act. I feel like it picked mm-hmm. up by the third one, mm-hmm. and you know it started off strong too. And um, Vanessa's character, she was you know kind of pushed to the sidelines for a lot of it. But um, now I'm really treading around spoiler territory. Yeah, but her her character, I. <laughs> I would have liked to see more of her and have her like just be more involved in the whole thing. See, I was almost hoping the opposite of that. Really? And mm-hmm. Just like go straight out, just go full antics and mm-hmm. just have ha- the whole movie just be crazy and fun in that, yeah. in that way. So she, I think she was crazy and fun though. Like even in, oh, the, no, even the, in the first movie, she, she the, really carried her own. I mean, there's a lot of chemistry between them. And then like the scenes, like when they're not involved, like, you know, she's, she's, she holds her own. So yeah. I, I like that. But will there be a trequel? Oh, definitely. Oh, I don't think so. Not with this Fox uh, uh, Disney uh, thing going through. Oh, I think there will be. Totally. Mm, I from don't the, know. From the, like, all the money this one's making. Yeah, why wouldn't they? I mean, uh, well... People that, love money, Mark. Speaking <laughs> of money, I mean, it, that people are now saying that it's not. It's making less than expected. Same with Solo. Mm. So uh, I'll, I'll go first. I really liked it. Uh, mm-hmm. Me, someone who's coming off of Last Jedi, who didn't like it, I... I for me, on repeat viewings, it just doesn't hold up. Mm. There are things I like about that movie that I appreciate. Uh, certain directions they take with certain characters, but uh, on the whole, I'm just not a not a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. But with this one, it doesn't make up for it. But it's 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 good. Uh, I think uh, Alden Alden Ecker. Ec- oh God, I don't yeah, whatever know his, his name, name is, Alden Ike. Han Solo. Yeah, uh, he, he, he's very good. He's not. What I like about it is like he's not doing a Harrison Ford impression. Oh. That he, he's he's like because this is pre Harrison Ford, like as we know him in, in the yeah. A New Hope. This movie really follows like so an arc. it's it's just him like sort of like becoming that character. Yeah, and, exactly. and you see little like mannerisms that 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 proceed into those films that ha- that carry that sort of weight and i i think anybody who's like even a new character in this was, was really really well done uh, fleshed mm-hmm. out in their own way that i sort of appreciated especially when characters came and went and that i, ac- I actually felt something for opposed to some characters in last jedi which i didn't mm-hmm. so i i i thought i thought it was great nice. and it's very very fan servicing in the way where it's not mm-hmm. in your face you know i that that's what i appreciate too some of it towards the end, the fan service was getting a little bit too much for me. Yeah, like all the but Tatooine for, mentions for, for Mark. <laughs> no, I mean, right. not, I mean, we knew where that was going, yeah. but in the same sense, I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, I'll give it to him. Mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. that big one at the end. Yeah, yeah, that was that was interesting to see. I want to see more come out of that. Oh, I can't wait to well, not see this. <laughs> I, can, I can already tell you what you need to watch or read to, oh, to yeah. understand that. But well, for like in terms of Disney's canon, their mm-hmm. new canon, they have I think what the animated series. That yeah delves a lot into that but uh john watched some episodes oh nice yeah that was pretty good the clone wars series was pretty good and they're coming out with more for uh for solo i also liked it i'm coming off of a different mindset from you mark than uh in that i i did really like last jedi Mm -hmm. and like almost loved it honestly yeah and this was it was good it was 
I liked it. The first, maybe first act and second act weren't totally doing it for me, but it really picked up by the third act. I thought, okay, just like just the character dynamics and stuff was a little weak and um, properly detailed, like not really sketched out. It was just kind of rough, and especially I really like just did not appreciate. This is actually coming up a lot. This is a big trope, but mm-hmm. um, when Woody Harrelson's character like lost. Yeah, you know Ooh. something valuable. Matt just did a cryptic uh, hand motion. Something uh, valuable to so, him. Someone that you like on Westworld. <gasps> no, I only like one person on Westworld. <laughs> Maybe I, this might be that person. Oh no! But uh, no, I I, I kind of feel the opposite about that. I mean, really? I, somehow like I got enough there to understand why that was. I could see coming from you, like mm-hmm. like or anybody else how that could be. But you know, I, I like I said, you no, know, it's like there's some characters that came came and went. You know that came pretty early and just you know got the boot and yeah. I, I still felt something so i did uh i did really appreciate the balancing act that they had of like the kind of optimism the weirdly like nihilist versus optimist mm. sides to han solo yeah. being faced with like all of this don't trust anyone like speed yeah that, and, uh, and how of, that like, kind of like characters engaged in develops a little bit further you mm-hmm. know it becomes a little bit more brash so i did uh, i did really brash. appreciate that yeah. it was a good film um i still preferred rogue one okay i think it just like as a character study hunts you know solo yeah it was <laughs> i'm trying to think of like there are other characters that maybe would be better serviced by a spinoff um other characters in this universe like bit fortuna yeah Ooh. that's right like that's a deep cut right <laughs> oh, there man. after the battle of yavin <laughs> yes. Oh, that's the only Star Wars knowledge I know. <laughs> I know that you measure things by after the Battle of the Ovens. A B Y and B B Y. I'm a little. Uh, I'm a little worried about the prospects of a, La- a Lando spinoff now, though, mm. because I, I was kind of was looking forward to that. I really mm. like Donald Glover in the role. But... We all love Donald Glover in any role. Oh, for real. Mm. But uh, this you is know. America. <laughs> <laughs> ah, topical. <laughs> But now, you know, with how terribly Solo is performing, oh, I guess we'll is have to... Is it really that bad? Oh, like, it terribly? is shockingly okay, bad. Oh, Dis- for, Dis- I, for Disney, how? it's bad. I don't get that. I mean, when I, of, uh, I, I saw it Saturday and the theater was almost dead. What? Saturday night. What? I think it just came out at a really just bad time, which is funny because it's competing with Disney. Like, they could have totally... Yeah. Well, being so divisive of how the last movie came out, that also put, you know, kind of a bad taste in people's mouths, so... Yeah. Mm. I, don't, I don't know if that's like a... I think it's a vocal minority that wasn't crazy about Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure. Like, everyone on Reddit hates it, but, I mean, that's Reddit. As an outsider, I think they're milking the calf too hard. You know, they're gonna yeah. drain it dry. Definitely uh, fatigue. Gonna... Or the milking the bantha. It's another <laughs> Star Wars reference. <laughs> Like I'm speaking French, <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Mm. All right. All right. So as we said last time, this movie means a lot to me. It's mm-hmm. my pick. It was my birthday this week. Happy birthday, me. I'm 25 years old now. Boom. I feel like 40. Happy birthday. Hey, I look 40, so at least I got you got the feeling oldy and old. I still get mistaken as a 12-year-old student most of the time. <laughs> well, that's good. Is it, Mark? It don't. does things to my psyche. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, this is my movie. Before y'all guess, I have a few hints for you. Okay. And um, a bit of background knowledge before we go into it. So as you remember last week, this is my favorite film. Um, it is not a musical. 
Hmm. Many critics panned it when it initially opened in 1971. Oh. It was a film of the 70s. Okay. It was adapted for Broadway, ran four performances, and then subsequent adaptations were very popular in France, where it ran for many years. So hmm. it's a very Parisian-centric movie. Not take place in France, but it's a good tie-in to our last film, Le Grand Vaudouille. Oh, of course. But, uh... Uh, my last hint, and it's a long one, um, it's on many lists. Um, it's number four on EW's 100 cult films, number nine on the American Film Institute's uh, Great Romances, number 45 on AFI's 100 Funniest Films, and number 86 on the Writers Guild 101 of the Greatest Screenplays. Wow. So This sounds fantastic. All. I am excited, but it I have no clue. It is my favorite film, and I like nothing but the best. I have no that's clue my what taste. this is. I'm a very cultured person. <laughs> Delusional and cultural. So do I have any guests? Mm. Uh, is it Breakfast at Tiffany's? It's not Breakfast at Tiffany's. Damn. Oh, you're going to have to cut this silence as I ponder. No, it's fine. It's fine. Very. I'll give, you a, uh, I'll give you a few more hints. So... The um the thing they put on the poster, or one of the things they mentioned in the commercials, is what if the girl next door was 80 years old? Mm. <laughs> Adding to that. This isn't the graduate. Yeah. It's not the graduate. Yeah, the graduate's pretty close, though. Yeah. It's a, I feel like it's a very similar style to the graduate. Kind of similar humor, but a bit lighter. The, and not as somber. I don't know when is this Sally came Field out. in this? Sally Field is not in this. Okay. Is it the bicycle thief? It's not the bicycle thief. <laughs> oh, I would have thought you got this. I mentioned this on our first initial episode of the podcast, Matthew. Uh, it was my favorite film. That was years ago. Well, anyways, what we're watching tonight is forget about Elon Musk and Grimes because the original OTP was Harold and Maud. We are watching uh, Harold and Maud. This sounds familiar. It should be. It's one. It's on all these lists, as you heard. Wow. So um, it's a dark comedy. So this film was written by UCLA student Colin Higgins. He wrote this as his thesis project on graduating. So he was wow. in California. He said, "Let me write a script for my class." And while working. For a producer as a pool boy, uh, the producer's name was Edward Lewis, his wife, Edward Lewis's wife, came and uh, looked at the script. They were kind of talking back. She said, let me see that. She said, this is very good. I'm mm. going to give it to my friend, Stanley Jaffe, who is a Hollywood producer, and we're going to get this made. So it's initially getting made. Colin Higgins is set to direct, but the studio goes, we don't really know you. We don't want you to direct this film. So it's put on the back burner for a while okay. until they find director Hal Ashby. So Hal Ashby is what I'd like to describe as an extreme hippie and the proto-Wes Anderson. Okay. He's Wes Anderson <laughs> before Wes Anderson was a thing. Nice. And okay. I think you are going to pick up, especially, Mark, all the Wes Anderson notes that he's taken from this movie. Because this I'm movie sure is clearly an inspiration for old Wes. So Hal Ashby agrees to direct on one condition. That Colin Higgins is a producer and he is with him every day learning how to direct with him. Nice. So he hires him on, he gets a nice paycheck, it's good. Hal Ashby is known, not really in America, but he's a major director in France with films such as Last Detail, Bound for Glory, Coming Home, and Being There. They were all nominated for the Palme d'Or, which is the <laughs> highest honor at Cannes Film Festival that's winning everything. Mm -hmm. um, just to show how this kind of ties into France with our last film and how big a deal it was when the Broadway show kind of took off over there. It's wow. a very European mindset compared to the American mindset. Mm -hmm. um, very interesting. And I think that's why it also was initially a flop when it came over here. Um, the film stars three people, majorly. The first is Bud Court, who stars as Harold. You might know him as... 
Bill, uh, Bill the... Science guy. No, no, no. He's uh, Bill the Bond Company stooge from Life Aquatic. He's the, he's kind of the assistant that goes with, uh, on the boat, he's doing like the banking role and stuff like that. Yeah, he's the short guy, glasses, yes, balding. Yes, that okay. is Bud Court. Um, I'm sorry, I couldn't, Steve Ziso, Ziso, Ziso. No one knows I, how to pronounce that. I'm sorry, I can't. And you might know him as the voice of Toy Man in most animated adventures so like batman toy man, toy man. oh yeah. yes i know who this is that's i picked that up because i was like marco probably knows yeah this is, uh, he's from the uh, animated adventures from the 90s so that superhero uh yes, superman show. and he voices him consistently in like all the yeah the mediums so if you listen to toy man episodes or whatever that is yeah, he's, he's, he's freaky i like it um <laughs> he appears as himself in arrested development as bud court competing with mock trial with jay reinhold so, like, huh. there's a commercial where it's, like, I'm Bud Court, and it's, like, the lawyer. You know, oh, wow. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, that <laughs> yeah. episode. Interesting. So, Bud Court's there just as a thing. And that's basically everything we know him from. He does a lot of television, but not majorly. Okay. So, those are the major things. The second um, very famous actress, in my regards, Ruth Gordon, plays Maude. Um, she's a film, stage, and telev- television actress. Uh, she's also a screenwriter and a playwright. Winning many, many awards in all those categories. She began on Broadway at the age of 14. Wow. So she started on 14 and lasted all throughout that. And I believe she's, I want to say, late 70s, early 80s in this film. So she worked oh, wow. until the very end. Film-wise, a lot of people know her from this and Rosemary's Baby. Which, oh. spoilers, we'll eventually watch on this podcast. <laughs> even though I hate Polanski and what he stands for. That's mm. one of my favorite films, so... Unfortunately, that's the way the tables fall. But she won a Oscar for Rosemary's Baby, not this film. I think she was nominated for this film. I'm not sure. Um, she's also known for Every Which Way But Loose and Any Which Way You Can. Um, known for co-writing Adam's Rib, which is a Spencer Tracy, Catherine Hepburn movie, where she won the Academy Award for writing. She won the Academy Award for acting. She won two Golden Globes and many more nominations. She was nominated for Tony's, but never won. She could have gotten an EGOT, but she was very close. Wow. Um, life full of passion and love, uh, just like the character we'll see. Glenn Close, who co-starred with her in one of her last films, is quoted as saying, She had a great gift for living the moment, something I have always wanted to achieve. So, as a person, this movie's very about dichotomies. It's about old versus young, mm-hmm. light versus happiness, and mm-hmm. life versus death. Um, play of opposites, and it's something that's always sp- uh, spoken to me. Um, what to expect? This is a dark comedy. You can expect some insightful quotes, and I'd like to say you'll take note of the pre-Anderson notes. So, like, you know, when we taste a wine, we get the floral, the nut, the nut notes. You're going to see a lot of Wes Anderson throughout the film. And tons of Cat Stevens. Cat Stevens <laughs> does almost the entire soundtrack. Oh, wow. wow. So, this, a lot of his songs, I mean, are the soundtrack. It's just basically that one album of his, I don't know. But he wanted to do the music, and right. it really, it kind of, the score is relevant because of that still. So, um, any pre-thoughts before we get to this? Have you heard of this film? I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. I never knew what it was or what it was about. Well, yeah, know. heard of it, but I had no clue um, about any of the details. But this sounds fantastic from well, what you described. I, I don't want to hype it up too much because, you know, I'm an older soul. And a lot of my <laughs> movies might be considered boring by some of your youngins on oh, this podcast. I love But boring. now that I'm 25, i got to get ready for the retirement home. So, you know, <laughs> booking out the mm, old films. Quarter life crisis. We've got to change that colostomy bag, by the way. I know. It's getting pretty full. Speaking of, let's get our hearses revved up and let's watch Harold and Maude.
episode might be over two hours, and you know what? Fuck y'all, it's my birthday and this movie is a cinema classic. Can we all agree? <laughs> Absolutely. I think so. Thank God. Th- this isn't a good movie, this is a great movie. <laughs> I'm so happy that my ego is bolstered beyond repair. Um, we watched Harold and Maude, ladies and gentlemen, and we're going to get right into it because we've got a ton of plots... And characters and witticisms to get to. What were we drinking? We were drinking some Tall Poppy Select 2014 Cabernet Sauvignon in red. Mm. I chose Tall Poppy because, as you can see, one of our main characters, Maud, has a flower fetish going on. She <laughs> loves to watch little things grow. Dolly Levi right there. But um, she loves to watch things grow. And aside from that, we have a Moscato, sweet and fruity. Um... Madria Sangria wine specialty beverage for our white wine selection. Also very good. Tastes a little bit fruity. Wasn't yeah, that, you know, straight that from Total Wine. Yeah. No, Is um, it? this was, mm, I got that for $8. For $8, that's a pretty good deal. I mean, you can get yeah. anything from $8 from Total Wine. <laughs> Winos around America. But, um, the red was pretty good. Absolutely. I'm drinking a still right now. Yo, I can get into that. Oh, I haven't even tried you it. You should have the, the last very, swig very when you finish. Yeah. Because I like the white, I like the white, but the red, I was initially like, oh, this is suspect, but... I'm more of a room temp guy, and yeah. I'm also more of a red guy, so mm-hmm. it, it's 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 very, very good. Well, I've had some red experiences with you that I'm sure I've, I'll reiterate off, <laughs> offhand on this podcast, but um, let's just say red and me don't mix well, but that one was pretty good right now. Mm-hmm. And I well, ate beforehand, so that's all that matters. <laughs> I had a salad. Hand it over. Oh, you want yeah, it? Oh, I'm ready to all try. Right, here we go. Um, other than that, we watched Harold and Maude, so, uh, before we get to our plot dump, do we have any initial thoughts to share on the film, you two, Harold and Maude versions? Uh, I really liked it. Uh, the, the, uh, before we even started, as John mentioned, this is very Wes Anderson-y. I mean, like, it is. I, I could, I, I mean, you if it, it, I'm pretty sure, like, he would, uh, I would never. he would take all influence from him, uh, if, uh, if Wes is, uh, is, is, um, divisive about that so uh you know it, it all it all hit home uh every scene was used appropriately now nothing felt like filler or waste mm. uh so I, I i i yeah that that's that's what i have to say right now before mm-hmm. we go into it harold even dresses like a little wes anderson i feel like that's what wes anderson would wear <laughs> a little bit. I, I know i think i think he's a little bit uh, i think wes anderson's a little bit more eccentric than catholic that. school girl you know mm-hmm. wear a dress he, he did have like that a gray green square kind of plaid pattern yes. on his uh, pants at one I point. I want Harold's wardrobe so bad. <laughs> like that's everything I fulfill. But what did you think, Matt? Oh, I really liked it. I um I feel like it was rich with subtext just in so many scenes. And just the chemistry between our two leads was Bud Court and Ruth Gordon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. Who I thought I, I thought she was Linda Hunt oh. for the longest time. I was like, oh, I know who you are, and they're like, oh no, you're just another short elderly woman that's yeah. been in uh, some things that plays eccentric characters. She's a treasure, and like I said, when Halloween rolls out around, hint, no hint, but uh, we'll be mm-hmm. watching Rosemary's Baby. Oh yeah, which is my favorite. Horror which movie. I also saw that she's in another Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, she's movie in the TV follows. adaptation of it, audience. I'll talk to that when we get to October. <laughs> But it is not as good as the film. Also, I saw that she won an Oscar for uh, Best Supporting Role. In Rosemary's Baby, yes. Yeah, which yeah. is surprising. Which I mentioned beforehand, but yeah, she yeah. did. Um, she's a great actress, I feel. And um, speaking of like past roles, I was on uh, Bud Court's page for a tiny bit because he looked like somebody, but I, don't, yeah. I, I couldn't mean, find out who. Apparently, he was uh, in the movie version of M.A.S.H., 
Oh, oh yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted it's to mention funny. that, but were you a MASH fan? I was never, no. Oh, okay, because like with the white people I know, half and half are <laughs> MASH fans, so congr- I'm not. I want to watch it. I've but, never seen it, though. Uh, but from his first like uh, early lines of dialogue, like when you first mentioned Toy Man, I was hearing it. I mean, he's you said he was I 20. try to find interest that you like. No, I no, try no, to find because, because he, he plays a very like um, misunderstood, like yeah. out there character, mm-hmm. and, and that... Uh, uh, and weird, yeah. uh, maybe to an extent. I mean, you dw- dwell a little bit deeper into the character as the movie go- progresses. Mm. But uh, if you ever watched the cartoon growing up, as I did, you know, he emulates a lot of that formula right there in terms of the weirdness and like the 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 almost crazy aesthetic that that he uh, yeah. dwells there because he's a man that uh, makes toy bombs or just, uh, <laughs> toy the, man uh, and, and it wears a mask <laughs> that that's very disturbing and the voice not a toy boy and, but and a toy it, man and, and his voice just emulates that yeah. as well so he he, he has and he he has just just great presence is he the ventriloquist dude or no 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 the ventriloquist is um slash Scarface oh, okay. uh, is Batman that's who I'm thinking of but I know I've seen an episode or two with him with him in it i'll show you some clips afterwards this is what i know bud court from and i wish Mm. more people know who bud court was yeah um but as we said before this is my favorite movie so forgive us if we uh talk a little bit too much about it because i'm (laughs) super excited that these two both loved it and i hope you guys will love it too please watch harold and maude it's a great film so let's get into plot Mm -hmm. we begin the movie with a panning shot on harold's shoes and the upbeat don't be shy by cat stevens and we get suicide number one (laughs) i had to make a list of the hanging what did we think of this opening well i i like the opening very much because it's very matter of fact we we get everything like we need to right here in the uh in the opening credits because the opening credits are 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 pant are around the 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 film yeah because you know it's it's not like we're not getting like an overlong 20th century fox or logo of anything like that. very simple very easy we're we're getting all like uh, here casting here's the cast Mm -hmm. yeah like uh music by and he's just setting the scene essentially as if like he's just painting uh, his own suicide for this occasion. If, mm-hmm. if he and he is, he is painting, mm-hmm. yeah. as we learn, as we'll learn later on. Mm-hmm. What did you think, Matt? Oh, I really liked it. I especially appreciated the little detail of um, he's like walking downstairs. That's how it the scene begins, and he stops when he reaches the end. He pauses for yeah. a few seconds, yeah, and you see the title card of uh, mm-hmm. Harold and Maude. Exactly, mm-hmm. I love really that. Like that. And yeah, I feel like there's so much morbid humor in this film, and this starts mm-hmm. it off with a bang because he oh, lights yeah. the fucking candles mm-hmm. at yep. his own hanging. <laughs> he it. goes up to the candles, pulls out a lighter, says a little prayer, lights the <laughs> candles. I'm like, this is so over the top, melodramatic, and perfect. Yeah, it's. It, tells it speaks you... to me on so many levels because this, <laughs> I feel like I'm such a Harold character mm-hmm. longing to be Maude. And we'll get to this later on, but Harold is like my go to. If I ever had to play Harold, mm-hmm. I'm there. That's me 24 <laughs> 7. Nice. I'm so maudlin. I'm so obsessed with death and all these variations and like the grandiose nature of it. Yeah. But... Do they have any revivals coming up? Not in America, as we learned, it was a flop uh, yeah. brand for poor, poor performances, which, which is surprising. But also, in the same sense, makes sense because this isn't a movie that I think would typically go over well with like modern audiences and around it this did time in their modern audiences because this mm-hmm. doesn't feel like a movie that's for this time. No. It feels definitely not. like at times where I feel like this is almost like almost like made in the 
late mid 80s yeah it's even... progressive like flow the progressive salesman <laughs> there, there, there's so much to this and, and there's so much like deep dwelling and like like no audience around this time would really like mm. think to like do this like like i think the closest thing i would i would maybe represent would uh be that oh boy uh the french connection with oh, okay. with, with uh, gene hackman yeah. because uh like there that's a movie that's very like um set in a more realistic world of things mm-hmm. where like it's very different from this but like yeah. it, it it's it's real you're you're understanding who these characters are mm-hmm. so like, that's that's what i take away from it uh, in, in a lot of ways yeah to take away from that i feel like this film is kind of reminiscent of those old adams family cartoons in like the new yorker mm-hmm. where they mm-hmm. used to write and we'll watch adams family and adams yes. family values because yes me and mark back to back love <laughs> we we should do back to back Matt should show up early only because it's like the Adam's Family Values is like it's a, like a, a continuation of Adam's Family. But pastels, Debbie. But pastels. <laughs> we have to watch that for Matt because Matt has never seen either of them. You have? Oh my god, it Matt, you have a treat. so reminiscent of that. And we, I, I feel like that's more... And I know Mark has a list of films that he took that kind of like, you know, took inspiration from this film. Yes, we'll yes, get, yes. We'll, we'll get, get to, to that. that. But... Honestly, this film is crazy. So we meet Vivian Pickles, who yeah. plays Harold's mother. She mm-hmm. walks in and goes, Oh, Harold, what are you doing? And it this takes her a while to get to that point. Yeah, she, she makes a phone call, goes, You've got to be kidding me, Harold. I, again with this? And like, I, 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 t- I took this note somewhere, not not immediately, but like she's very knockoff Glenn Close here. And yes. that, that's saying something, because Glenn Close... Just like I, I, I see Corello Deville here. Yes. I see a lot of these characters she's played over the years, and she also has similar facial features as mm-hmm. well when she plays these sort of characters. And that's what I love about her, because oh. she's so much different. She has this very, uh, uh, um, uh, a uh, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Kristen Chenoweth. Kristen no, 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 no. Kristen uh, no, Bell. It's, it's, no, it's a term. A, a, oh. a, um, aristocrat. <laughs> aristocrat. Uh, she has this very mm. nature about it. Like she, uh, she, different dialect from her son. Yeah, oh, she's yeah. You know? she's an English actress. Yeah, you know, she carried the accent over to America for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but she's perfect. I want Vivian Pickles in more movie. A little oh, yeah. bit of trivia about her. Her um, ensembles during the film are her own clothes. Wow. That's just to say she modified her own ensemble. So those well, crazy hats. There you go. Those... She's just playing herself then. Damn, <laughs> I want to know her so bad. I wish she was in more. Um, we learned that Harold lacks a father figure mm-hmm. um, at the dinner scene later on. She goes, oh, your father, when we were in Paris, he stripped nude and uh, swam through the Seine. Which oh. is pretty much all we get. And I didn't have. That's didn't, all we get. On I didn't really father. know until like you had like mentioned that or like later in the film. Yeah. No yeah. father figure, which kind of figures into Harold's character. He has no male, you know, masculine figure to look up to. Yeah. Which it is seems like what fine. he what he did look up to actually was the act of being nude and floating down the sun. Yeah, he's also he eccentric. So that. is eccentricity yeah. hereditary? Mm-hmm. That's another point I, in this film. Is I'm, that I'm only taking out my phone right now just because I'm looking up info to like, relate back yeah, to it. So do. like, like I'll continue. Go, go about your business. So <laughs> suicide number two. In five minutes, there's been two suicide attempts. Yeah. <laughs> we get Harold slitting his throat with uh, in the bathtub after the dinner, mm-hmm. and Vivian Pickles walks in and goes, "Oh my god, this is too much. <laughs> I can't take it anymore." It's inconveniencing her. Yes. <laughs> she she just wants to look at herself in the mirror. Not possible anymore. Yes. There's blood splattered. Because her son has committed suicide again <laughs> uh. all over the linoleum, making it a lovely red mess. So, 
In this film, we get three instances where Harold talks to someone of relating to kind of Americana. Yeah. And the first scene is the psychiatrist, and I put down men of mental science. <laughs> and did you notice that they're both wearing the same outfit whenever oh, Harold is being interrogated by really? the psychiatrist? No. Oh, when you man. go back and watch this movie again, same suit, same tie, same shoes, they're wearing the exact same outfit. Almost no like way. Harold is trying to give a one-up to, like, this psychiatrist. Like, he's... Trying to play him, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. he, I'm in your mind, he's in my mind. <laughs> so that's something to look forward to. And wow. the psychiatrist asks, what do you enjoy, Harold? And he goes, I go to funerals. <laughs> immediate cut to, like, funerals. Funerals, yes. yes! And I love the immediate cuts in this movie. It gets right to the point. I Only an hour and a mm -hmm. half. Snappy, snappy, snappy. Gets you right where you're going. Um, so Harold attends funerals for fun. And he sees a little old lady sitting in the background eating an orange to comedic <laughs> effect. And it's it's just brilliant that we set up these characters long down the line and Harold's mm -hmm. like shrugs her off. Okay, that's just a, a weird old lady exactly. sitting in the corner. corner. But he uh, buys a hearse for himself. He attends <laughs> these funerals. And he just goes about his life. He's very maudlin, very morbid, wears black, you know, obsessed he, with he, death. He goes to um, uh, car washes and just drinks in the, in the driver's yes, seat. Yes, but don't we all want to do that? I'm pretty sure. Go huh. in the car wash and just drink your problems away. Because no one's going to see you in there. Oh, of course. Behind the suds and the bubbles. Mm -hmm. um, that you got to do it quick, though. You got to chug that bottle in oh, but a few minutes. <laughs> and it's weird. Did you think he was younger than he was? I did. Oh, yeah. I, I totally I mean, did. Initially, I did, too. I thought, like, 16, at yeah, least. But yeah. he is, in fact, 20, so he is of legal drink. Well, almost of legal. Maybe in the 70s. In the 70s, yeah. I'm sure. You know, but he's not doing it on the in public. He's yeah. doing it on the sly, so. <laughs> that definitely wouldn't have looked good but on, like, someone But he feels younger than stature. he is. I definitely got 16 the first time I watched this. That's what I was mm -hmm. thinking. Well, but, like, unseriously 13, maybe mm -hmm. seriously 13, uh, I, 16. I think <laughs> Bud Court 20. was 21 when he was cast That's as this. crazy. But he comes off as a, a an ingenuist <laughs> 16 years old. Um, so Harold buys a hearse, whatever, and we meet the second man, man of military, Uncle Victor. Uncle Victor. Who has one arm, he's obsessed with uh, perfect uh, militariness. He has a photo of... Uh, President Nixon who uh, I thought was Reagan because I'm so drunk but <laughs> it's Nixon I assure you um, and every man in his life has a photo of their figure yeah. on the wall the mm. psychiatrist has Freud the man, uh, the the priest has John Paul, one of the John Pauls. I forget which <laughs> yeah, one. one. One of the um, uh, not John Pope's. Paul the yeah, second before that too. one. Yeah, yeah, too early. Yeah, <laughs> but you know. It's just interesting how they all are what, the same what, and yet but different I, ideas. But I love that. I'm, yeah. I, I'm surprised it came so late into the film to mm -hmm. like see that. Yeah. Uh, apparently, I just looked this up, it does make sense that he was in the car wash doing it because of the drinking age. Oh, sorry. Was it 20? Yes, it was 21. And apparently yeah. it says uh, when the voting age was lowered from 21 to 18 in 1971. Wow. Which is the year this film was made. Yeah. Many states lowered their drinking age to 18 or 19. And this so is that California, like immediately after. So Yeah, I thought it was Arizona. For I'm pretty sure it's California, because the director and everyone were based in California, so they said, let's make a California film. Mm -hmm. but, but then it was uh, raised in 1988, so we were born just a little too late. Just a smidge too late to yeah. start. I mean, I'm Italian. I started drinking at four, but <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, next we get to suicide number three. Suicide by Drowning to Tchaikovsky's Piano Concerto Number 1, <laughs> where 
Harold is face down in the pool, yep. and Vivian Pickles comes in, struts, strips down to her bathing suit, and starts swimming, does the most magnificent eye roll oh, put yeah. to cinema, yeah. and continues <laughs> swimming along her way. It's fantastic. Yeah, that, that eye like, roll. Again. I think this is my favorite suicide attempt <laughs> in the film, just because it sets up the dynamic between what? Harold and Mrs. Uh, Chambers Danvers, uh, Vivian Pickles. I, I think we should point out that like, they're not actual suicides. Though. No! And I want to ask your opinion on that. So what do you think of that? Harold kind of commits these suicides, but he's alive the next scene later. Yeah, so what did yeah. you think of that? I thought he just kind of like developed some maneuvers to, I mean, you know, anytime so you there was a like, genuine like blanks, you know, yeah, anytime there suicide. was a gun or a knife. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, uh, it's definitely for the fact of maybe almost getting attention, but like mm-hmm. he also says later on in the film where it's like, it's not for his mother's benefit. Mm. And so it's more for him and which later adds more effect to that when he's explaining mm-hmm. to, to Maude of like why he kind of does what he does, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, it's, it, it's, you know, you could almost read between the lines of like why he almost does it, and yeah. I didn't. I don't almost get why he does I it. I do. I get <laughs> totally, hundred percent. But it's, uh, it's, 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 it's shock. It's almost shock value to to an extent. Yeah, mm-hmm. he wants to feel something. Yeah, yeah, because he doesn't. He doesn't really. Yeah. And because I wrote down here, like later on when he does have another outing with Maud. Yeah. Is oh, when, or maybe the second time when, when she brings him to uh, her. Um, her cable car uh, yeah, house her. is uh is i he, he he cracks a smile yeah. it's the only time that, the <laughs> first time he, that, that he, he cracks it shows emotion yes. other than sadness because, and oh, yeah. that, that, that's the only time like like that's the only reason why he did any of that mm-hmm. you know so it's i love it yeah initially i thought that these were all in his mind kind of like he's thinking to uh-huh. the side to the mm. camera Oh, I'm committing suicide, but I'm not really doing that. I, mean, I feel like he some get, of them are, he does but in give a retrospect, I feel like it's a combination between both of you. Mm-hmm. Some of them, he is actually attempting in front of her, and some of them, he's doing to kind of show up the emotion and stuff. Yeah. So, I feel like it's a, a nice blend after multiple viewings of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think in some aspect, it might be for, like, it might be for attention. Like, mm-hmm. I hate yeah. to kind of boil it down to that, because it seems really simplistic. But, um, I mean, even from the beginning when he's hanging and he's, like, making those death yes. rattle, yeah. like, gurgly yes. noises. Sticking his tongue out. Just kind of... And how could you do this by faking it? Like, he does it so well and so magically. I think like, he showing might... up one and one. Like, he's here and then he's here. Yeah. I, how could he do it? I, I want to point something out. Just, like, in the beginning, the first suicide... No, yeah, uh, please. Non-suicide please. attempt is that, uh... I remember watching Shawshank mm. and when, um... What's his name? Uh, first hand. Old dude. Old yeah, dude. I, 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 I don't know his I name offhand. Name. But like, I haven't read the book in a while. Uh, what's his name is here. You it's know? like... Biggs or Spriggs, but like or... the way it it, it it it's it's shown, it I, I don't expect him like hanging himself yeah. just right off the bat. Yeah. I almost mm-hmm. think like like he puts his name tag on, yeah. and then all of a sudden, chair chair turns over. Like what the hell? He couldn't kind of yeah. accommodate to the real world, the like, relation. I, yeah, like, I wasn't even sure of like this is who we are following. Yeah, right or now. how that's the story begins. Like it's kind of like a flashback to like oh this is why he killed himself. Yeah, but instead oh, it's just going straight forward through the action. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, after this suicide attempt. We learn that uh, Mother Pickles wants to get Harold married, and that's kind of a fate worse than death, and it's a transition directly to the funeral, where we get the priest, the man of God, giving a sermon, going, oh my god, this person died, and we see that Harold and Maude meet, 
at this funeral, kind of comedically, she whispers to him, and he listens to her, do you want any licorice? She offers some black licorice yes. to him, and it's just so humanistic that yeah. she shows up at this funeral, and they're kind of kindred souls, even though they're complete opposites. Mm-hmm. She's like, God, I, I don't understand why they offer dead flowers at the funerals. Isn't being dead enough? You know? Mm-hmm. And it just speaks to me so much. Uh, we There's a parade outside with the coffin yeah, for no I, reason. I, 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 wrote, I wrote down uh, funeral plus parade equals comedy. Because yeah, because <laughs> it's a it's a, another dichotomy. It's yeah. like this wonderful exuberance of the parade along with the hearse being loaded with a body. So it's that life versus death mechanic. Mm-hmm. And Maud steals the priest's car. She gets <laughs> in and she does her first of her many donuts and <laughs> books it away. Yeah, I think maybe there it's like uh, trying to show that, you know, although someone is dead, you could still celebrate them and things like yeah, that. If I want to, like, drag me into it. I mean, obviously, it. like, uh, I've been to, like, one one or uh, two wakes. Well, and, uh, obviously, uh, we all have, and, I hope. And, and we all, like, drink afterwards. We're all, and, and the Italian about, way, we eat, <laughs> we drink, and, and we'd be married. It's all about, like, just, like, reminiscing. It's yeah, not, some you're, good yeah. times. You're not celebrating the dead. You're celebrating the living. Mm-hmm. You know, you're celebrating, like, what, what was so, like, great about, like, those moments, yeah. you know? That's that's what it's about. It's so personal yeah. though because we all react differently. I know I'm like so somber yeah. after someone's died or whatever, and then like it takes me time, like in this film, to recover from that. And it's just the way you look at life and death. I recommend that everyone watch this film just to get a little bit more of a handle on that. For me, who's just watched this film, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you'll enjoy it. You'll have a good time. Mm-hmm. So Harold and Maude talk. You know, they relate to each other. But she steals the car, and we learn that Vivian Pickles has set up a dating service. For her son Harold to go on some dates, mm-hmm. uh, and Matt asked, "Is she setting up the dates for herself or for Harold?" Oh, I didn't even realize that was for the dates. Yeah. The, uh, the so, psychiatric evaluation but, form. Yeah, it's such an <laughs> a, a overbearing mother figure. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, re- I mean, my mom uh, being an Italian mom is <laughs> kind of overbearing at times. I'm the only Italian boy. So I'm the only one she could dote on. Mm. And I could totally see her sitting in a chair filling out the the dating yeah. form for me. Like, oh, do you think a woman should be elected president? Yeah. Well, I should think so. Like, I'm pretty sure she actually started, you know, asking for his input and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. She started filling it out with him in mind, with Harold in mind. Yes. And then eventually and then she, she just completely... Herself. Yeah. She has his own perfect image of her son, yes. but then she keeps translating to her Yeah, her she own wants image. to reflect herself onto her son. What, and we, which they're total opposites of each oh, other. Yeah. yeah. And we... Because she's very prude. Not, she's not even a prude English woman. I mean, she's judging every date that even comes to the house yeah, as well. Like, oh, you're oh, yeah. in communication? Oh, you work on the farm? Oh, how <laughs> dirty. How civilian of you. But we and get she to... Tried see- build them up too with like the yeah. oh they provide uh animal meats or eggs or whatever to the whole yeah. southwest yeah. She's like, she's hyping well, not the whole southwest yeah, but. she's making them better than they are these bumpkins that come to date her son mm. and we get to suicide number four gun to the face yeah and initially he aims the gun at his mother yeah. but he just like, can't do it like, and he decides to shoot himself yeah which is uh, i guess blanks maybe possibly mm. if, yeah it could be know. Or it could be, like, in the mind, which is what I'm thinking. Like, this is how I feel if my mom another, is filling up my dating Another daydream. Yeah. yeah. It's very pushing daisies, too. We have these scenarios where everyone dies <laughs> oh, and they come back I gotta, to life. Yeah. I gotta watch a show, you guys. You, oh, it's fantastic. You can borrow it. I have it right over there. Please do. It's all, my, the, all the seasons? It's only two seasons that got canceled two too seasons. early. Oh, yeah. During the writer's strike. Uh, uh, oh. That writer's oh. strike. Patria mia. But anyway. I think uh, with the gun scene, when he's pointing it at her mother, I don't think it's... You know, him 
showing that he actually wants to do that, but just to get a reaction out of her. But she just does not look up no, from like what no, she's no. doing. She's, she's so uptight yeah. that she doesn't condescend to his level. Mm-hmm, and I get that so it's, much. They're, they're both from different time periods, so yes. that's why I get out of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she's kind of like the wife stay-at-home. They're uber-rich audience. They oh, yeah. live in a McMansion with thousands of rooms <laughs> in it. And we get no, abso- uh, no explanation, which Mark was like, I need a backstory. And I'm like, you ain't gonna get one, honey. <laughs> but like, I'm totally fine with it though because mm-hmm. in the end it's not about that yeah so we get to the did you notice that harold has pallid makeup throughout the intro of the film and i gradually I, gets lighter and lighter I, and lighter oh, wrote I just, down here that he looks ghostly he yeah looks like i thought he was unusually That's pale the intent as if like this is his own afterlife and that uh, some spirit is trying to guide him to like a mm-hmm. more like uh as if like he's in pur- purgatory yes and, and so like he, like I related a little bit back to Dante's Inferno, yes. or just like how it progresses, like Dante's. Uh, um, uh, He's the, dead. The, he the, goes the, through the way, levels of hell. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and yeah. how and how the later books come, uh, like yeah. Dante's, and um, he eventually progresses up to heaven. Yeah, so like it's almost like Maud is almost like uh, Vigil yes. in this sense. So, mm, or it's like some Virgil on this podcast. Vir- Virgil, mm. sorry. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I haven't read it, but like I know like the the cliff notes of, of Dante's Inferno. But, I know um, you haven't read it. Matt can't read, but that's yeah, not I, his fault. He, <laughs> I've been trying to teach him, but uh, a- it, it's very much D- along those lines, almost. and that's what I appreciate about this. Oh. It's it's like uh, uh, Maud becomes his guiding light for yes. for mm-hmm. uh, Harold. Good, I good. I do have a a big question about that. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if I should get into it now. Go- or towards well, the end. well, when you feel appropriate. This is a spoiler podcast. Uh, <laughs> We're going I'll, in depth I'll, I'll in my favorite it. film. I'll save it for the end. All but, right. Um, for the in terms of the paleness um, for his appearance, I was actually thinking like, well, what ticked me off on it was, um, or what tipped me off, not ticked me off, was I think in the it church. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the church, you know what? It did piss me off. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. Here, we, Here go. we go. No, okay. In the church, his face was a lot lighter than like his hands because I was like, yeah. wow, he is he is white that, as that white could as be a an sheet. Accident too. I, or he could be doing it intentionally. I, 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 I think it's, it was intentional yeah. for it. Yeah. Uh, because there, there's one thing I wrote down here uh, as we, uh, before we go any further is a uh, yellow umbrella, blue umbrella. Because... I'm there. I'm there. Hold on. Let me get. Let me <laughs> oh, get. Let, okay. Well, bring that up in a second when I bring up the yellow umbrella. So there's another funeral, ladies and gentlemen, and Maud is present at the funeral along with Harold, and she's all in florals with her yellow umbrella and her eternal optimism. So take it away, Mark. <laughs> so yeah. So as the funeral ends, you know they. they the body's laid in the ground. She almost leads the funeral yes. in, in a yellow umbrella. I'm mm-hmm. so glad you so, noticed so, all so, this yeah. shit. Because there's only two colored umbrellas in this. And, Black and yellow. And, 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 no, no, blue and yellow. There's blue. a blue umbrella. Be, be, I didn't notice that. I'll get to that. Because there's a white she, one too, actually. She, mm. she follows, uh, uh, everyone follows her essentially. Because, and mm. she's in such like a up upbeat mood yeah. and like like oh like, uh, funeral's over here here i go back he ain't to getting any deader let's yeah. go and and <laughs> and there's a blue umbrella with a, a young boy and an older woman that falls behind mm. and harold's right behind that those two people almost mm. simulating as if like you're seeing two sides of of one coin yeah. and coins do come in later on into this uh movie <laughs> they do and so uh, you're you're seeing like the 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 sunshine happiness that is Maud, but you're also seeing the doom and gloom that is uh, Harold. Harold because Harold is falling right behind the blue umbrella, and he's not using an umbrella too because mm-hmm. he has his hands in his pocket, looking down on the ground, 
and it, you're just seeing like the just kind of like a uh, husk that yeah. is Harold uh, in this moment. It's just a shell of a human right now. He's and going I, through the motions. And I love that. Mm. I love that in genuine because he, he doesn't need an umbrella, but you know just by looking at like the one that follows before him mm. that you know what kind of mood that he's in. I God. love that. I'm so glad I picked this movie, audience. <laughs> um, so anyway, Harold takes a lift with Maud, who we forgot to mention steals cars as a hobby. Oh, yeah. She has a ring of keys that was made by a Tibetan monk for her that fits <laughs> into every car she could possibly imagine. She says so many things in, in this frame. Like, like, I, I said, I wrote She's down here. She's eccentric. She's lived she, life. I wrote that down here. Like, Maud is eccentric, but like, mm. I also wrote down, like, this is movie's very Broadway. And, and you yes. like, back to your point where it's like, <laughs> there was only what, four performances? Well, there's... There's Harold Maude, the mom, and, like, maybe the general. Okay. Well, like, as major performers. The, uh, everything reads because she's the most talkative around yes, this whole movie. and she's such a Broadway actress. She's playing to the back of the room when there's no one there. Right, I, I, it, it totally reads, and I love yes. it. And, um... Oh boy, wow, I just lost what I was all right, about to talk about. No, keep going. Well, okay, so Harold takes a lift with Maud, who <laughs> finds out that Harold has purchased a hearse himself, and she goes, You know what? You can drive me home. <laughs> and we arrive at Maud's stately mansion, which mm-hmm. is kind of this I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a one-room apartment it's like outside. A, it's, like it's like a Brooklyn inside. warehouse. Yeah, but it's like that people are living in. in the middle of car. nowhere. Yeah. yeah. And she is eccentric. She has plants everywhere, paintings everywhere, Inven- music inventions. everywhere. Inventions. Inventions, odorifics, and everything. Uh, uh, oh, uh, yeah. Pornographic art. Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> Quote of the podcast, we'll get to that. Um, she goes, here today, gone tomorrow. She is eccentric. Oh, yeah. Zoos are full of prisons and overflowing. Everyone's obsessed with the cage. Mm-hmm. Um, she wants freedom. And we learn a little bit more about Maud later on in the film. That mm-hmm. makes her a way deeper character. Which, just to tell you to that I, audience. I almost glossed over, but I, I was trying to read. I was trying to remind, I was trying to point your attention. This it's, is important. It's only just because the audio was a little Well, it's, a, it's yeah. a blink and a miss it moment, yeah. too, when we get to it. So, Maud insists that Harold comes back and visit her. And you know what Harold is like? Maybe I will. Maybe mm-hmm. I will do that. Yeah. Um, we get another scene to the psychiatrist. Do you have any friends, Harold? He goes, no <laughs> friends. Well, maybe just one. Do you want me to tell me? Do you want to tell me more? No, of course not. And we get to date number one, Miss Candy. Um, oh, Miss Sweet Candy, who yeah. comes in with an ice cream garden yep. belt on, yeah. with the ice cream sundae on to show that she's oh so sweet. I, I got a note that says, what the fuck is she wearing? I know. Yeah, it, was this, it was a like different time. It, it was, was comedy, it's like Grimace. Oh, fuck you, it's oh, comedy. Fuck you, it's comedy. What are we going to do without comedy? Looking like Grisma, gr- gris- Grimace. 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 Looking like Grimace promoting a new vanilla cone at McDonald's. She doesn't look sweet at all. She looks like a cream puff. Her name is Candy, and she's so damn sweet. And mm. we get Harold outside doing self-flagration, yeah. lighting himself on fire with gasoline. Yeah. While Vivian Pickles what? goes, "What's wrong, dear?" Harold, Harold. What? I was trying. I was more paying attention to like how he like positioned You're supposed it to because the camera angle focuses it's, in it's, on it. It's precisely doing that for for the viewer, and I oh, love that. Yes. I can't mm-hmm. believe this was a flop in its time. I, yeah. Well, like, it's crazy. The best movies were flops. Yeah, true. Aud- audiences weren't. Show. Casablanca. <laughs> Casablanca. Uh, um, um, uh, Others. Yes. <laughs> More. 
Um, so date number one doesn't go too well. Harold commits suicide. Um, he gets a nice corduroy jacket, though, with some fur, and he's giving me, like, little prince vibes in it. Sorry, I pay, to, uh, pay attention to fashion in these movies. Mm-hmm. But, um, he visits Maud again and finds her posing nude with Glaucus behind some ice sculptures. Which I didn't, uh, pay too much attention to that. It's weird that you mentioned. Yeah. I, well, I, I didn't. Well, don't you think that Harold was initially suspect about that? Kind of like, this oh, yeah. man is oh, moving yeah. in on my woman. Yeah, of course. Because, yeah. you know, this, it, it pertains later on to the movie. I was yeah. initially thinking that um, Maude, the way she's, like, depicted here was really manipulative because yes! she was like, um... And yeah. I'm glad you noticed that mm-hmm. because that's how I felt my first viewing. I'm like, oh, yeah. Maude is playing him like a fiddle, you mm-hmm. know? A little bit. I yeah. see that as, as like, it's like, do you think that's like naughty of me? Yeah. Do you think that's wrong? Are you in love with me? But, but then she learned, immediately goes like, yeah. "Oh, I'm really glad you we said that." We learned that that's kind of another tactic that she uses. Mm. I think that she's had many lovers in her life, but never this young. It's yeah. a sixty-year difference between these two. <laughs> uh, spoilers. Hey, she keeps getting older. They stay the same age. Yes, and McConaughey over here. <laughs> we find that she has lots of these quirks. She poses nude for artists. Yeah. She paints. She sculpts vaginas in her home and just leaves them there to, for her lovers to Regular come feel up. George O'Keefe. Uh, there's a lot of Pushing Daisies notes that I get in this. I have that yeah. down. I'm telling you, Mark, you need to watch this. Because the odorifics, guess what? That's in Pushing Daisies. So I know that mm. Brian Fuller oh, is yeah. obsessed with this movie. Oh, I bet. Because I'm obsessed with this movie. And I Pushing Daisies is my favorite show And even time. then, I think there's no age difference in Pushing Daisies. But there's like that kind of restricted love. Yes. Which because I they think, can't touch. Yeah, which totally speaks to like this. Mm. Yeah. Mm, so watch Pushing Daisy's audience and Mark. I'll lend it to Mark, audience but it's your Mark. responsibility. I'll look it up online. Mm-hmm. Uh, vagina sculpture. And she goes, Harold, what do you do for fun other than going to funerals? Which I have written down here, construction versus growth. Yes, another With, uh, just, dichotomy. Yeah, well, so like they go to like a... Um, construction or deconstruction site well or like, yeah you know uh, a demolition site yes exactly mm. and she's she's kind of into it i think but like <laughs> i think she really gets her rocks off it. she's like oh <laughs> but, yes <laughs> knock down that building but then they're just like i prefer you know like this and like she takes it to like a, a garden oh. almost oh god yeah. okay so y'all i'm gonna get emotional on this side of the podcast it's my birthday 25th birthday that, were you at my senior graduation kind of thing we did at kane you know when recall. the seniors talk to, like, the younger classmen and go, like, oh, we're graduating now? You mean, like, se- senior seminar? Yeah, that. Yeah, I was part so of that. I was there, and I dropped, I brought a bushel of daisies to my senior seminar, and I said, you know, I gave this exact speech. I know, you know, some of them bend to the left, some of them bend to the right, but all of them are a little different. And some people see themselves as this when they should really see themselves as this. And I feel mm-hmm. like it didn't get the point across because no one has seen Harold and Maud except our teachers who went, oh God, I get this reference. <laughs> but I was, back then, this was my movie. Mm. I was like, no one could touch me if there's ever a production of this. I am Harold to a well, T. <laughs> some people are just, you know, illiterate or just but, ignorant. Hey, yeah, this, <laughs> there's dozens of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teaching him, shut up. <laughs> but this movie speaks to me and this speech always gets me, like, emotional. Mm. And I hate to say that as, like, you know, a man in today's society, but god damn it. I do have that written down. The here. way she speaks. Yeah. It's yep. like, I love to watch things grow and some people never realize that they're special when, in fact, everyone else isn't special, but that's what makes us unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
I've been trying so hard for these 25 years to live through that and try to get to the crux of that moment. Which I want to like piggyback off that just now that you mentioned that. There's a HBO special called um, Career Suicide. It's mm. with a comedian called uh, uh, named Chris Gethard. He has his own show right mm. now, I think on um, True TV called Chris Gethard Show. It's just like, it's it's just blatant absurdity in the sense of like a talk show and stuff like that. But like, he, he talks about like his own like sense of like depression and suicide uh, that he's gone through. But it's um uh, his journey to, from like New York to California and just like this whole country, uh, cross country trip that he had and like how he sort of views um himself from like a distance and where it's like mm. oh here's myself on the, uh, on this road and then here's myself uh in the sky viewing myself and here's this train over here and here's me from just uh, a far, further and further here's the gravel where you can't see the the road the gravel right mm. and then it's like you know what i i can't uh uh i'm not special uh i'm nothing uh, uh great and that is just beautiful you know, and it's just those moments that you 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 tend to have that that make you feel like that's how you identify yourself, and that's what makes you, all of us just grand and beautiful. Mm, that's Our, so magical, Mark. Yeah, I appreciate. I it. recommend uh, uh, anybody uh, this. Uh, it's maybe like an hour and a half long. Go on HBO Go, find mm. it. It's 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 a great special. Oh, I, I'll look it up, especially that for you. That sounds like my if cup you, of tea, right Chris, there. Chris Gethard, career suicide. I'll listen back to this and I'll look it it's up. It's funny. Right now, it's emotional, and I love it. I'll mm. steal I li- my HBO Go for my friends, <laughs> and I'll be right there. Don't you worry about there that. There you go. This also reminds me of a musical. Since we're plugging things. Um, of uh, Dave Malloy, who you know from Great Comet, you know, mm. Preludes, and of course, Ghost Quartet. What, what shirt mm. are you wa- re- wearing? I'm wearing right a Great Comet <laughs> shirt, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Dave Malloy is an American musical treasure. Um, in the show Ghost Quartet, there's a song called Hero, and one of the lyrics is, I'm not special, I'm the same as everybody else. Mm. So that kind of speaks that we're all in this together. Hate to bring up High School Musical, even though I'm a theater <laughs> teacher. God, we... I hate High School Musical, but God, how many times I have had to watch I'm that shit. I'm more of a High School Musical 3 kind of guy. We never get to that in the <laughs> curriculum, unfortunately, but... Or are we all in this together? We're all in this together. <laughs> oh, fuck that shit. Sorry, Mom, <laughs> who listens to this podcast and Stick to the status quo. Ugh. When I'm teaching grade school, that's what we're watching other than West Side Story. What's so. Corbin Blue been up to these days? That could be a whole podcast. He wasn't podcast. in the Heights uh, a long time. <laughs> he, he's been okay. doing some things. Okay. Yeah. But that was when In the Heights premiered. Anyways, <laughs> let's, get, let's get back to this movie because we need to get it done. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> we get to the scene where Maud is driving like a madman. Yeah, she sees oh, a tree yeah. and goes, hold up, <laughs> wait a minute. This tree... Oh! 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 Fine Speaking of seasons. holding up. <laughs> uh, it wasn't on the mixer, though. But anyway, right. we're going to pause. Sorry, y'all. I spilled some wine. We're getting back to the John, action. John's getting now. a little bit too excited. I'm so, this is my favorite film. I had to get a little excited. So mm-hmm. they steal a tree to replant it. And what did you think of the scene? Because I know Mark was loving every fucking well, like, minute. Of I it. loved it just because, like, I loved everything that was going on in the background, opposed to like what was going on in the front. Because they 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 park the car on the sidewalk very abruptly, and like three co- uh, cops just come out of nowhere and try to like th- like decipher what uh, who parked this here, you know, what's going on, and it, it and she's but she's just going on. Where it's like 
this tree deserves a better place than just the sidewalk. It and the- chokes itself with the smog against the tree asthma! Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and it just pertains later on, like, what what they'll end up doing with it. And I and I, I love... Everything has meaning in this yeah, movie. Yeah, and it, we think, like, oh, like, when it cuts to the next scene, like, nothing's gonna happen from no, that. No, 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 absolutely not. And then it comes back again. <laughs> yeah. So I, like, I, I just like how nobody questions her because she's so, she's so self-assured. Like, none of the cops bat an eye. They're just like, she's really, like, determined in whatever she's going to do. She's wants, she knows what she wants and she's going to get it. She just takes another car and then one of the cops just observes her like, wait a minute. Yeah. (laughs) Wasn't that, that's not her car? Oh, so anyone get it. An old lady shouldn't be driving this, like, fast. She's doing donuts 24-7. Just a type of car, She's doing Simpson Tin and Run up in there. I think uh, that's a deep cut. I love that game. What are you talking? I'm a Simpsons series seasons one through ten fan. Let's be honest. Maybe eleven, except for Treehouse of Horrors, which I I I can keep watching an episode and I'll still laugh. But not the newer episodes. I I, listen. I'll tune in whatever episode it is. I'll chuckle. I wish I had your optimism. I used to be you, Mark, but now I'm a jaded old man at 25. Okay. The cutoff. The official cutoff is Frank Grimes. Yeah, that's true. Um, anyways, we get a transition back to Maud's apartment where she gets a moment of sadness. They're talking about like, oh, why don't you use that umbrella anymore? She goes, mm-hmm. oh, that was used in revolutions. You know, I, I used to use that to beat people away from me who got too close. But now, now that the kings are dead and the kind yeah. of oligarchies have fallen, I don't use it as much anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I tried to read a little bit more into this, but like it was losing me somehow. It makes sense in the end when you kind of put it together with something we learn later in the film. I think it makes a little more sense, but we're not supposed to make sense of it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, she goes, I don't use that. Umbra-, and she gets a moment of sadness. She has tears in her eyes and she goes, yeah. you know what? Mm-hmm. Let's play some music. Let's brighten the mood. So she goes over the piano and plays trademark Cat Stevens, who has a gun to her head. as a play my fucking <laughs> music mod. You better play it. Don't miss a note. All right. Got it. Which can, can I add where it's like, was any of this music... Uh, 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 recorded beforehand i don't think so was this all this made for the movie i uh, was that because matt check vr resident google this because the, this, uh, this song in particular is one of my favorites from cat stevens mm, and if I'll, you want to sing out sing because out. I'll, I'll i'll relate back to cat stevens and uh later on because mm. i i want there's a number of films here that i, I want to touch on okay. that have similar feelings to this movie I believe this was from the album uh, Tea for the Tillerman, yeah. which came out in 1970. Yeah, so, so one year, a year before. before. But this movie is known for this song. But That's I kind am of the s- main defining moment. Because of there's, this there's movie. a lot of like just hmm. dull moments where like no music is played at mm-hmm. all, and like it cut to Cat Stevens. Yeah, exactly. Which exactly. is like it's the best of Cat Stevens. Mm-hmm. It looks like if you want to sing out, sing out may have been. Written for the movie. this movie, yeah. I don't know about that it's, though. It's I thought hard to that, tell but... because it says Stevens wrote all the songs in Harold and Maude in seventy to seventy one during the time he was writing and recording his T for the Tillerman album. Mm. But this album, or, I mean, this song, uh, if you want to sing out, sing out, was not on the album or released as a single. It was just um, for Harold and Maude. Yeah. It was okay. Just for the, so good this to know. Movie. But this movie is entirely Cat Stevens-based, so, like, it's a cut to his Cat Stevens songs, but I feel like they all made sense in their, if you listen to the lyrics, as weird and as high as Cat Stevens is probably when writing them, because he's a genuine hippie, beard down to his knees, and, you know, extremely liberal, but 
I feel like it relates to him strongly, and we get that from the characters in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, so she teaches Harold. She goes, you know what, Harold? I think the banjo is right for you. Yeah. She gives him a banjo, and he goes, I can't play. I don't know what to do. And she's like, everyone has music. It's how we speak. It's the language of love. Come yeah, on, like you learn. Cosmic dance. Cosmic dance, like exactly. Mm-hmm. And. Harold's like, all right, I'll try to learn how to play the banjo. Cut to him learning how to play the banjo. And Vivian Pickles, Harold? Harold, where are you? Oh, there you are. I've got a surprise for you. I've got a lovely surprise. And it turns out she took his hearse, demolished it, and gave him a Jaguar car. Yeah. Mm. Which then he then evidently just turns it to a hearse. Hearse, yes. Hearse Jaguar. So it's another <laughs> fuck the authority symbol <laughs> that she he's like, I'm taking this Jaguar making it He even repaints it, which is uh, really nice. Mm. Next we get to, I think, Mark's favorite f- scene in the film. Um, they steal the tree. Yeah. I feel like Mark was dying during this I, I was kind of dying because it's, it's just so out of left field where it's like they just take this car... And it's gonna, it's gonna back hatch open, and and they're just driving through this toll booth, and this officer, <laughs> this toll, this uh toll collector or whoever, police officer, uh, state police, it pulls him over on his motorcycle, and there's just like uh, hilarity, absurdity, just uh, uh, <laughs> viewing, and I love it. I love the whole scene, how it moves and how it comes back yes. later. And just like a, a, a span of just like a minute or two. Yeah. We were only saying, like, what if Harold and Maude were certain ethnic races? What would happen in today's <laughs> I, day and what, age? What would uh, Roseanne Barr say? Roseanne this? pull out a gun and be like, freeze, motherfucker! <laughs> Which he tried to do, but they, Andy they got away too quickly yeah. at the end there. Which is the next scene. But did you notice there's a, a kind of goof in this scene? And I wonder, there's a lot of goofs well, in the scene. There's a very <laughs> imperative goof when you go back and rewatch this, hopefully on your deathbed, like I will. Um, uh, Bud Court, when grabbing the shovel later on, okay. he hits himself in the head. Does and it? he actually gives himself a magnificent gash during filming. Ooh. He injured himself so bad during the scene, but what he kept this? on trucking through it. When wow. they're coming back from planting the tree... And yeah. the police officer is giving them the second round. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, I'm going to arrest you. And she goes, Harold, get the shovel. He runs out of the car, smacks himself with this metal shovel. I didn't in even the notice head. that. I know, it's a blink and you miss it. But after watching like the commentary on this scene, yeah. he apparently he gave himself such a bad gash of like, oh, we can't film anymore wow. like right now. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, I'm good. And he trucked through the scene with it. <laughs> That's so, awesome. That almost seems like, like in character, though. Yeah, I know. That and could it, pass. Like, almost like, yeah, I'm getting the will to live again. Like, I get, But next time you watch that scene, just notice that Bud Court hits himself in the head with the shovel. And every time... I can't watch this movie without seeing that anymore. Oh, That's man. pretty awesome. Yeah. I love that. So, I mean, they replace the tree. And, you know, it goes well. She's like, life is life. Where did I come up with this quote? Like, or like, whatever. Or like, she's like, 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 look at us. Like, we're surrounded by life. We're surrounded mm-hmm. by living things, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, yeah, I guess later on, after they 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 um, storm off with the 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 cops' uh, uh, bike, yeah, uh, they get to I guess like back to her place. Mm-hmm. And colors coming back into him, but we get the scene between the two where she's in kimono. Yeah, they're smoking the hookah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. And we get a little Hooka. bit of backstory. We find out that <laughs> Harold smoking a hooker. Yeah, hooker. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. But Harold is like the first time I died. In yeah. real life, is like I was in a chemistry lab at boarding school, and it exploded, 
And everyone thought I was dead. I came home, came up the back staircase and laid in my dark room. And mm-hmm. I found out the cops came and my mom was like reacting to my death. She puts her hand on her forehead, grabs out for the cops and faints. And he goes, you know, I enjoyed being dead more than I enjoyed being alive. And I relate to that so much. Mm-hmm. It's like, God, not like I wish I was dead, but what would people react like exactly if I yeah. was dead? Pull I, a real I, Tom Sawyer. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to like uh, piggyback off that. And like, I, I, I agree with John on this where it's like, I, I, I sort of like, dramatize this fantasy of yes, like how, of what, what how, how how would people react if would they miss me mm-hmm. would they be nonchalant would they not care at all what would my funeral be like where yeah. it's like it's a very tom sawyer who would come exactly yeah. or, or it's like no like like what would happen you're like they're they're watching over your own funeral in, mm. in a sense and so he, and then he breaks down essentially yeah. you know yeah. in front of her i think harold's mm. suicide attempts are just like uh they're trying to replicate. Yeah. I think, they, I think he's trying to replicate that. Yeah, like that you know, feeling. That he emotion. wants that high mm-hmm. again, yeah. and they're doing opium in this scene, so it kind of <laughs> flows naturally. But we get the most famous quote, and I don't know why it's the most famous quote of this film, but it's huh. "L I V live." Yeah. Otherwise, they don't know what's happening yeah, in the in the quite a con- contrast to like yeah. uh, um, Heather's essentially, where yeah. it's like I remember you were quoting it earlier. Before. I mean, that's why I love Heather's and why I love Harold and Maude because they both deal with death so much <laughs> and you know like uh, opposed to like our uh, our supposed school shootings that are happening God, more frequent yeah. nowadays and mm-hmm. how i'm hearing about them it's mm. it's it's just, i blame it's, roseanne it's becoming more popularized and <laughs> how like suicide is becoming uh more rampant and, yeah. and these movies uh, like that we're now featuring as yeah. well so it's it's weird how the contrast is now come to light for me essentially but like i i love how Maud like kind of like like brings harold into that where it's like like don't 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 die you know yeah. like like live like live how i'm living right and now and that's mm-hmm. something i'm trying i mean even at 25 i'm in such like you know a debbie downer sort of mood i'm mm-hmm. trying to achieve more Maud than harold but yeah. it's kind of combative forces going back and back and it's, back it's a whole psyche kind yeah. of yeah and i mean i imagine when i'm older i'll be a Maud figure if mm. i survive through all this schlock or whatever oh, and i'll yeah. be like i lived through that here i am now but it's the getting to that that's the problem that's tough i don't know if there's another way around it just mm. getting older and stop caring what the fuck people think but i would <laughs> love if i'm older that i'm exactly like Maud in this mm. film kind of embracing life going you know what i'm gonna go at this age and that's the age i'm gonna go mm-hmm. um we get to date number two with edith and suicide number six <laughs> the dismemberment suicide yeah. um so edith comes meets his mother um she goes oh let's wait inside he gives harold gives the, the middle finger yeah. to edith like fuck you all <laughs> like, fuck society. obviously that's like after they go in yeah but it's still like you know <laughs> he's trying to live his own life and he doesn't want any of this bullshit yeah. part of my language audience my mother listens to this podcast <laughs> so pretend that i'm saying bull fudge or whatever you want to say for that um but hey, look at you bragging and your mother listens to this oh i mean <laughs> Uh, anyways, so that doesn't work out. He cuts off his hand. Yeah, very nonchalant. Knife, and he's like, boom, as, boom, as she's boom. like explaining like her job and everything, and she yes. and he's just like, boom. she delivers all the corn to the Midwest. <laughs> well, not entirely all the Midwest. I like Sorry, how I'm he dying. has. To, I like how he has to do it multiple times. He has to cleave his. Yeah, and it doesn't times. work. It's almost like, like, do we want that to stay? Like, there's yeah, a right. lot of instances where keep that cut. Keep it in! 
Yeah. Now like, Ashby is behind the camera. Keep it in. And there's a like dead silence and then immediate yeah. cut to her driving yeah, away. away. Which looks so well. <laughs> so anyways, um, Vivian has had enough. She goes, Harold, I've had enough. You're going to the military and you're going to enlist soon. And Harold goes to Maude and goes, Maude, what am I going to do? She goes, you know what? I got a plan. Yeah. We're going to figure this out. So he goes to Uncle Victor, who's going to draft him. And he's like, he develops this persona where he's kind of obsessed with violence. He mm-hmm. goes, my God, I didn't know the military was obsessed with this. You mean I can kill? I can cut a man's throat? I can take souvenirs? And, he, and he's like, wait, what? <laughs> That's really like, funny, actually. In my notes, at first I wrote, the general is way too intense for Harold. And immediately yes. afterwards, Harold's bloodlust is way like, too he, intense yeah, for the he general. He tops it. Yeah, exactly. and it's almost like cartoonish, you yeah. know? He's yeah. obsessed with violence, but not yeah. that much. And yeah. did you catch the scene I went downstairs to get uh, my guests some refreshments, but did you catch the scene where kind of that, um, there's a military officer and he just falls yeah. over <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. into like, like a thorn bush. I'm, I'm like, where are they right now? They're like yeah. in, a, in, a, in a almost a mental ward? institution or like yeah. a recovery period for that. So it's like war mm-hmm. damages the psyche almost as much as, you know, all these maudlin thoughts are doing to hell. Yeah, and right as, um, that happens right as the general's like praising the virtues of war. He's like, well, war is not all bad. Yeah. And this should, and this. He, there, there's yeah. like one veteran who's like blind. One and he falls, falls right over into like a thorn bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it works so much for me. So anyway, Maude gets my favorite line in the, the film, where she's, I'm an advocate for peace! Uh, she's, and she's holding up a peace sign, and it's very Brechtian. No, she's, she's like, the only I'm here one there. Peace. Yeah, and they're like, you can't do that anymore. And Harold gets upset with her, like, it's all like, an act. Like, how dare you, you, yeah. you fascist, you communist. Like, oh, call you pig. ruffian, what are you doing to me? And he's chasing her, and he's like, yeah. uh, Uncle Victor's like, no, don't, Harold, don't, don't. Yeah. This is Get back her is. shrunken head, that's <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah, he both had a shrunken head. Yeah, for no reason. A scalp. I think it's a scalp or a shrunken head, but it means the same thing. But oh, he's man. like, give it back and nothing will be happening. She's like, no, no, no. She falls down a sewer line. <laughs> yeah. And we assume Maud is dead. Yeah, but yeah, she's a okay in the next scene. Um, where I thought I was like, this didn't go according to the That's plan. what I was I was <laughs> imagining. Bit, yeah. I was imagining you two would be like, oh shit, she actually died. Like, that's what I thought when the first, that's right. the first time I yeah. saw this. Like, oh, that's how this movie ends. Like, <laughs> she was trying to help Harold, but she actually <laughs> died pretty, during the process. Is this like yeah. Bridges of Terabithia? <laughs> oh, man, too soon. Can't read that in schools. <laughs> Yeah, too, too I read it at school. Kids. I read that. Well, I heard the other kids read you it. You can't fourth, read. That's why I corrected. <laughs> I heard that. that no Hablo English, Matthew. And the scars are still fresh. <laughs> Uncle Victor gives up the attempt to kind of colonize him to this yeah. military aspect of him. The next scene is them in the park, and they're kind of. She's in braids, and you know, she seems to kind of. Like, age is taking effect on her. Yeah. And I want to remind the audience that this film takes place over a week. It's only yeah. a week long, and it feels so much longer. Also, yeah, like, this is the scene where um, they're like in the graveyard on the blanket, right? That's before. Honey. Well, kind of. <laughs> no, I think that happens because I have a note That here. was with the daisies, the graveyard okay. blanket. They're on at a, one point, like the construction site too. The yeah, next true. scene, right after she falls through the hole, they're uh, they're, lying, like they're lying on a blanket, on a hill. 
and he's he's like laying back, but she's like in this weird awkward position. Yes. And she does the Tarzan yell. She's in this weird position where it kind of seems like she might actually be dead, dead for a few yeah. seconds until she like reanimates herself. And like, I, <laughs> I mean, I hate to drop hints, but Maud is constantly thinking about death. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she doesn't let on to that. At I, all. she does though. At like I two points. I picked this up. I yeah. forget where it was, but like, I'm so I, happy you noticed. But like I, as soon as like she mentions something like that at the end of the movie, or like. I called that. Yeah, so like, like well, in the middle of the movie, she says like, well, "Next week is my 80th well, birthday," no, no, and after no, that, I, yeah, I'm, I know the exact I'm gone or something. At the first funeral, she goes, "Next week is my 80th birthday," mm-hmm. and that's before they even know each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then she goes at a later scene. Mm. Remember, I'm turning 80 in a few days. Yeah. So yeah. it's she, almost like she's dropping hints to him, like you know, I'm not gonna be here forever. Yeah, but. She I actually, want you to know. She does say something to the effect of like, I'm going to be moving on like yes. on that day or and something. It's such an audience herald thing where we don't exactly pick up on that. Yeah. We're like, oh, she's eccentric. She's going to live as long as she could. And that's what's going to happen. But oh, yeah. it doesn't. Um, so after that, uh, I put that there's a Tarzan yell. And <laughs> that it was... ends the sunset. <laughs> They're at like the docks looking at the seagulls. And yeah, we get yeah. a flash of... Maud's concentration camp number. Yeah, on where her I wrist. just wrote down here Nazi. Yeah, but <laughs> doesn't that add so much to her character? Yeah, I oh, think yeah. so, but like I, I don't read too much into it. Where mm. it's just like, uh, like now, like she's this uh, free, uh, free form woman who just like trying to leave, live life to the fullest. Yeah, and you know, like maybe she, how, who knows how young she was uh, prior to this uh, moment. Uh, and because like she says she's turning 80 this is 1971 yeah mm-hmm. so 1945 or who, whatever wherever she was mm-hmm. prior to this it's it's surprising just like how ah uh, see this is me reading too much into it it does fit the, it does fit she like, how, it's her, very young yeah, she would have been in her 40s yeah, yeah but like the, it's also and it's she like, talks about like the hierarchies and like she lived in vienna so obviously so atta- the, italy mussolini well i mean and Hitler, because Vienna, if mm-hmm. we look at the sound of music, which I draw all historical significance They're from, gone! They live in Vienna, and who comes and ruins their day? Hitler and the Nazis. Uh, I was going to say yeah. Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. So it's <laughs> at just, the Oscars. It's the, she was dancing around with Maria von Trapp during the same time, but she got out. Some mm. interesting real history I learned about, though, is that Auschwitz only put that number on people who were, like, signified for death, or, like, immediate death. So it was mm. a very slim chance... That she lived if she was in Auschwitz or one of its corresponding camps. But, like, hmm. just to know, like, how fluent of an uh, American accent that she has just oh, oh, it takes away a little bit of that mystique, I think. Yeah. You know, but she but, seems hmm. more European than everyone. She's kind of I mean, I mean, she's very uh, 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 aristocratic, yeah. you know, in that nature where it's like all, all the art pieces and inventions that she has around yeah. her. Her, uh, her place of... Uh... Did we forget to mention her being fucked by a swan? Oh, yeah. The, the, <laughs> She's the, there. Don't the, worry about the, that. The Rape of what? What was it? It's the Rape like, of Rome. Uh, Rom- the Rape of Rome. Rome. Yeah, so Romulus it. or Remus. And she's self-portrait. With her legs spread and going, and it, Ah! Why a swan? Yeah, uh, does the dirty on her. <laughs> but it's still very interesting. Yeah. No, I think just like after, you know, being in one of those camps and pretty much already being slated for death, like she know she thinks she's gonna die God, at this point, but, yeah. she, but then she lives and has so much like. Yeah, so passion. she just wants to make the most of it, probably. Passion for life, which is yeah. weird because I just watched the reader for the first time a little mm. while ago, and I, I get a Matt little bit. Matt wouldn't know sense. about that. Mm-mm. 
Well, okay, anything then. involving well, we'll reading. reading? We'll, we'll leave it there then. <laughs> Sorry, how refines. Was how was it though? I love the reader. Yeah, I like it. I like the piano for uh, Nazi. I never, you know. I never saw the piano. Adrian Brody, my main crush. Never seen it. That nose oh. could take me to Mars, man. Oh. Adrian Brody's nose could ship me off to the moon, and I'd be fine with that. I don't know why I love him so, but man, I love me some Adrian Brody. You don't Brody. love him in Predators? I love him in... He's like my Winona Ryder. I love him in oh, the, anything. Well, well, uh, right. He can be in Roseanne for all I care, and I love Adrian Brody. What if he plays Roseanne? I'd be down with that. What if he was in a Star Wars movie? I'd probably go see it. <laughs> you probably go. See probably it. go see it. Don't uh, don't want any guarantees, but I probably would. <laughs> so we get to the final date of this film with sunshine or door, as she's known. Yeah, oh, as, she, as she walks through a and door, and she, as me and Mark would know, is an actress obsessed yeah. <laughs> with the obsessed with the Shakespearean as if she, she language. Has this very high nose, like oh. no, like knows everything about the craft. Well, her past teacher was called her sunshine so she keeps the name mm-hmm. and she's constantly quoting all the shakespearean plays she's been in and I, she goes I, I really thought at first when she was first introduced <laughs> that she was a prostitute oh and god why I really did you think thought that? that no i because could have like, thought it was I, the 70s a different time well, no, people no, like, dressed weird she's well, like, trying to like she, you know she's her mother for more than just a relationship yeah she's, she's giving she's me she's taxi giving, driver like, vibes she's giving, for sure like fuck me eyes i see that i got that she's like i'm gonna take him there and it's because, like, like his mother, I think his mother is just getting so fed up with Harold. He, she's, yeah. like, she's desperate for yeah, anything. She like, wants he needs date. to, like, see the light. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the name Sunshine, and just, like, her manner. Door. Oh, and actually, her pointing out, like, and she's an actress. Yeah. I feel like it was a little too eye It's a little loose. Like, it's a yeah. little left wing for <laughs> yeah. even Harold's mom. Right. She's like, like oh, I've gone to the actress territory. <laughs> Let's set him up with this one. Mm-hmm. But Sunshine takes Harold's next suicide. Suicide number eight is the Seppuku or Harry uh, Carey. I think it's Seppuku is the um that's the appropriate co- yeah. term. That's the correct term. Harry Carey's more of the racist term, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. But Harold does it very well. He spreads out his mat, you know, he says but his he, condolences, and then he stabs himself. But he doesn't have an assistant to cut off his head. Yeah, true. <laughs> Which I think Sunshine would do if she was a little bit more aware. But he does the diagonal slash. I've yes. watched M. Butterfly and Madama mm-hmm. Butterfly many a time I, to know the appropriate I've measures. I've watched uh, 13 Assassins to know very well mm. how that is. All right, all right. Or, or The Last Samurai. But Sunshine takes this oddly well. She's like, oh... Well, You're she thinks it's all an act. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to quote Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Um, I'm going to sip she, of this poison as well. She's a weird one. <laughs> she's an actress. Yeah. As we know. There's, she, she could tell fake acting when uh, Yo, there's many it. actresses we've worked with that have been just right where Sunshine mm. is. Being like, oh, yeah. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get this man <laughs> right I, now. I still work with him. Have any of them? My nomine pot. Nobody heard me say that. But anyways. So wait, she's, she died, right? No, I think she... No, absolutely no, she not. She I'm was pretty sure. I'm pretty sure she oh, died. Oh, I'll take this poison in my hat. But... No, I think she was acting. Like, she meant to be acting because she thought the knife wouldn't be real. But she, No, she acted. But well, she like, did. But like, but like uh, his mom walks in and we're like... Yeah, with the oh. lemonade. Harold, I'm that not... was your last date! <laughs> and then she... Like, she doesn't even look at the tray and just yeah. drops the... Harold gun. drops the knife, she drops her lemonade, and it's all it, over. It, so, it, datings it, obviously aren't gonna work out for Harold. It's almost perfect. <laughs> um, next scene, we're going to the tail end of this film, finally... We get to the carnival, 
where Harold and Maul are enjoying their rides, you know, they're and, living like Harold has transitioned to his leather phase. And we see our supposed cameo in this scene. I, I can't remember which. I'm too drunk <laughs> it, to remember. It almost audience. might be Cat yeah. Stevens. It might be the same person. Or ZZ Top. I think it's Cat Stevens. I know that Hal Ashby makes a cameo at one of the funeral scenes. Mm-hmm. I forgot to point it out. I think that could be Cat Stevens. I know they have like the Bushman. Uh, from, <laughs> shut up, Mark. <laughs> All the way down to his knees. I think during I'm, that film, I'm gonna say I think it's Hal Ashby. So anyway, audience, we discovered that that was Hal Ashby during yeah. this scene. Um, Cat Stevens appears in one of the funeral scenes. I forget which one though, but keep an eye out for him. Um, so they're at this carnival, and we find that Harold makes a souvenir coin for Maud, and he oh. and he wishes he was big. <laughs> which is a later watch i haven't seen big in years We're gonna, without I, that'll be a future episode why oh, yeah, that movie's great i just remember the mdos game in the beginning that's all i remember okay. where it's like get the dagger get the crystal um what but, do you want to kill the wizard with i remember that scene and the creepy uh um fortune teller robot that i would never go to as a normal person i love it <laughs> tom hanks in big but anyways um, Harold makes this coin for Maud, and he gives it to her on the sunset, and he's like, Harold loves Maud. And Maud goes, Maud loves Harold, throws it away into the bay, and she I... goes, so I always know where to find it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is quirky and wonderful. Yeah. And all, the OG hipster Maud, mm-hmm. with yeah. the sunglasses coming down. She's like, I did it before y'all did. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. But it's such a real relationship. And I'm glad you felt that way because there's some audiences I can watch this film with and be like, all right, I'm skeeved off. There's a 60 year difference between these two. Which I almost kind of fell into what uh, Harold's uh, perception of what that meant before she said that because obviously he's a little bit taken back where it's like, well, that meant something, but then she utters that line, and then I, I immediately fall in love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's another break of the fourth wall. I forgot to mention that originally. Oh, I loved. Yeah, that was fantastic. I oh, loved. Yeah, when, when he sets himself it, on fire. Yeah, it's after the candy date where he sets himself on fire and he looks at the camera. Like, like, mm-hmm. like, almost wink, like, wink. like yeah. I know what I've done. And then he looks at his mother and the mother's like, I know what you've done. And she's like, oh <laughs> shit, my mother knows. But that's such a great moment. Oh, it's I love it. And I love this breaking the fourth wall. But anyway, there's fireworks and you can only symbolize what they do audience what do you think harold and maude do when there's fireworks and trains going to tunnels on uh, screen they, they were consensually diddling <laughs> yeah they they made the nookie nookie audience they made whoopee together and it feels right yeah it doesn't feel wrong because it focuses on harold for like a solid 30 seconds like yeah. the camera and then it pans over to uh maude just and, and she, on her just, side in ecstasy. I mm-hmm. love how it's a subversion. Like, he's not smoking the cigarette after sex. Yeah. He's blowing bubbles. Bubbles! Oh, yes. my God. I love it. Because it's very organic. <laughs> you don't do the cigarettes in the I think it way. even more highlights, like, the age difference and, yeah. like, how much he, he doesn't, doesn't know. care. Or he doesn't know. Because yeah. this is his first love. That's true. And I can only imagine him afterwards. But anyways, we get... He comes to his mother, Vivian Pickles, uh... And he goes, I'm getting married. And she goes, oh, how humorous, Harold. A sunflower. Yeah. And then Which she I don't even the... know how she thought that was well, a no, joke. Cause, no, because she handed the, pic- right, he with handed the, the picture. Right, with the sunflower. It was a sunflower on one side. And she went, oh, how funny. And then she turns it over and this old lady. And she's like, 
you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> you can't do this. And he's like, I am B. And he runs right out. And he gets a conversation with Uncle Victor, mm-hmm. the psychiatrist, and the priest who gives a hilarious monologue. As if he's sweating. Yeah, he's this like, whole I thing. imagine your rippling bodies together <laughs> and the perky bosom like, sagging. Yeah. <laughs> he mentioned but, his young body. Yeah, and intertwining I was like, oh, with the elderly. It makes me want to like, vomit. <laughs> And it's Maud's 80th birthday. Mm-hmm. Harold has decorated her whole caravan with flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, gives her a daisy, gives her a cake, dances with her, and it's completely romantic and wonderful. Oh, yeah. Goes, I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with you, Maud. And she goes, you know, that's a wonderful prospect, but I took the pills and I'll be gone before midnight. Mm-hmm. And there's this magnificent pause that goes on far too long. <laughs> yeah. And it ends with Bud Court going, what? Yeah, yeah. I love and that. And it's wonderful. It's the only like time he actually like raises his voice. Yeah, yeah it's the only that like shows passionate. anger, frustration, passion. Like, why would you do all this? in one? And it's a transition immediately to them in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. And she's oh, yeah. in total like calmness and yeah. like state of mind. And he's like, please don't go, Maud. Where it's like, I love you. I love you. And she goes, that's wonderful, Harold. Go and love some more. Which, this is my last line, mm. my last note here, which yeah. I love. Yeah. yeah. I think that's my favorite quote from this film. I think Go it makes so much sense, mm. especially at my new 25. <laughs> but it's, I'll watch this every year, like a few movies we'll watch in this podcast, but this movie sticks with me because mm-hmm. of that. Um, we get Trouble by Cat Stevens with the transition between Maud dying in the hospital and Harold I love, looking it down I, the road to wherever love, he's going. I love it yeah. so much. And we see the reactions between Harold going, my God, she's dead. Kind of going through the grief process and booking it down to the cliffs of Dover or wherever he goes in California. <laughs> driving off the side. We get that freeze frame, which isn't in the director's cut, I think. That's the only this scene. Is the director's cut of this? I think. I read somewhere online that there's a, a version of this movie without the freeze frame that just transitions directly oh, into it. But, I actually thought that was like the movie skipping. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I know. A lot disc. of people. That's the reason why I think they cut it out because they think like the movie stopped for that instance. Yeah. But, um,. We're watching Criterion, which I assume has their shit together. So they're like, you know what, put the freeze frame in. And Harold's car crashes mm-hmm. onto the beach below. We assume he's dead only for a pan up. And Harold is alive playing the banjo that Maud gave him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maud gave him, singing, if you want to sing out, sing out. Mm-hmm. If you want to be free, be free. He walks off into the distance and the film ends. Yeah, yeah. that's the credits roll. And, and, and uh, he's still just walking off, which I, I it's something I really like in movies. I, oh, he's like dancing eventually. Yeah. yeah. He picks well, it up. It's almost like, we don't know how the film ends either. Did he actually kill himself? Which, which is, adds a little uh, bit more effect to her, like his ghostly like appearance. Yeah. It's like, is he dead? Or is, is he alive? Mm-hmm. Is he wanting to enjoy life to the fullest? Because it's such think, an yeah. odd scenario. He's faked all the suicides before, so it's almost like I want to believe him. Mm-hmm. But it's up to the audience interpretation. Mm-hmm. There's no set, you know, path that he travels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it works out so beautifully. I what, think he's alive. If anything I think so more, like, mm-hmm. just to... Uh, fulfill Maud's last wish or you know one of her last wishes it, was it to would, go and love some more it, it would go against like what uh, she asked him to do yeah you know, where it's mm. like no like keep like you're so young like go 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 about uh, live your life to the fullest where it's like for me where it's like i didn't have a choice of like how i ended up but like yeah. since i'm here now i'm gonna do as much as i can 
and just do that so mm-hmm. it's it's very nice it's a very poetic ending and i mm-hmm. love it um so before we end this film i have some discussion questions for y'all okay first and foremost what would be your dream suicide attempt to leave <laughs> your friends and family remembering you i guess i'll go first i think i would drive myself off a cliff and you know just do that. I don't drive as a normal person, so it'd be a little odd and quirky for me. True. Right off the cliff. And I would leave my family to deal with, you know, why did he do it that way? What does that mean? Is there something deeper about his persona than that? I can't really tell. Very Thelma on the Wheeze. Thelma on the Wheeze. So, what would be your dream suicide attempt? How would you do it? I wouldn't do it so original. I think I'd just, you know, like... Take uh, some lie. Take take a take a take a nice bloodbath. I think you Ooh. know, just like open up the veins where like, and then I just like I. But before then, I just put on like I guess a nice playlist to just go out on. And mm. we're like, okay, here we go. Mm. Um, I hear that suicide is painless. Hey, it takes yeah. on many changes. <laughs> that's it. and I can take all evening if I please. And you know what? After I saw Drive, I'm like, well, maybe that's what I want to go with. Brian Another Creston. great film. Yeah. Mm. So it's like, you know, like, uh, all I need is uh, Albert Brooks to help me out, maybe. Mm. <laughs> and how would you go, Matt? Well, this has actually been my go-to answer for a while. Oh, oh you've uh, thought about this. Sh- yeah. uh, should we open up therapy uh, hour? Matt's fine. He can't read. <laughs> oh, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't really say anything about me, I don't think. But um, it just seems fun. I would. I would <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, suicide what, do it <laughs> just I, don't do it <laughs> have it your way it would at least, it would take me a while you know, to muster up the courage but eventually if i were to do it i would uh skydive into a volcano oh, wow stop you pull a joke matt <laughs> wait hold on matt versus the volcano <laughs> oh what an awful film oh, we'll be watching that oh i didn't even know that's what happened in that this is the it remake does happen Oh, is that how it ends or it begins? Mm-hmm. John plays three versions of himself. That movie. <laughs> Everyone Meg hates Roman that movie. Tri- Meg Ryan. Meg Roman. That's like I'm t- thinking of Rosemary's Baby. I'm surprised Meg, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks aren't married. The kind of movies that they're in that together. That was their first mm-hmm. film. Yeah, for as real. we learned through trivia. Yes, Absolutely. never um, forgot. Never <laughs> forget. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I just want to bring up before we discuss our film, uh, mm-hmm. kind of our final thoughts, that this is a film with dichotomy. Mm-hmm. So I want to bring up that light versus dark, young versus old, life versus death. Mm-hmm. These are all issues that you should watch this film for, even if you've never seen it before. Mm-hmm. I love this film, and I'm going to let the other two explain themselves before I do. Well, I actually want to bring up a whole possible discussion point, which is Ooh. what I was alluding to earlier. Okay, here we go. I want to know what you guys think about this. Um, Maud, is she kind of the ultimate manic... Player pixie dream girl mm. the is original tagline yeah. was what if the girl next door was 80 years old so. is she like the template for what came afterwards she's like you said og hipster she's yeah. it seems like i hate to say this to take away her agency which is a main complaint but who's the scott kill scott pilgrim <laughs> scott pilgrim girl scott, what's her uh, name ramona the, flowers ramona flowers, flowers. is she yeah. the og mona flowers basically Possibly. without yeah. the blue hair I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I do love me some Scott Pilgrim. Her her only purpose in the film, maybe not only, but her main purpose is to just kind of guide this this kid. So it's, I don't don't know how to feel about that. In hindsight, after seeing this film multiple times, I don't want to say she is. Mm. I feel like she's a guiding force for Harold. I think she could be. 
I think she could be, but that's not necessarily, like, a bad thing. Or I guess we're saying the same things in that sense, just, like, taking away the pejorative there, yeah. I mean, not to say that that wasn't, like, her own choice. How she wanted to go out was, like, by taking someone under her wing and making sure that um, her values, you know, get spread Mm. after she's gone. I could see that interesting. What do you think, Mark? Uh, for me, this is a movie that's uh, well ahead of, ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said this from almost the, the very beginning before we watched this, or like, as we were watching it. Um, it's almost a movie that right, it's surprising. In the same sense, it's not surprising how it, it tanked at the uh, at the box office, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Uh, and Broadway. It, 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 oh, will we all be Will we all be looking at Solo this way? Uh, hey, he, you never I know. Don't, from now. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Either. But uh, like, I, I wrote down some movies that like kind of sort of pertain uh, that in, in a more modern culture, like to this. Uh, one's Garden State. Yeah. Mm. I want, uh, 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 Beginners. Mm. Uh, if anyone's ever watched it. I've I, never I, seen that. It's a total recommend for me. Um, Ewan McGregor's in it. Christopher Plummer's in it. Ooh. It's, very, it's a very good movie. Wait, Christopher Plummer or Kevin Spacey? Christopher no. Plummer. <laughs> Not <laughs> I, him. I, say, I see where you're going for. We can't recommend him anymore. Uh, uh, I wrote uh, Charlie Bartlett, oh. uh, which is uh, another good one with uh, Anton, the late uh, Anton Yelchin. Yeah. Uh, Kat Dennings, uh, Rob, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is in it. Another good movie along those lines. Uh, any Wes Anderson movie, I, of course. I, I, I can. Uh, well, can, I can only. I'm recommend. glad you got the notes from this film. And 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 I had to include a Marvel movie in here, but it's 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 one that's far off from any other. It's a uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two. Because uh, there's daddy issues. There, there's a lot of issues. There's, there's uh, for me, it's a movie about identity, and a lot of a lot of those characters it, within that movie uh, focus on like how, how how they're perceived and how that goes about that. Mm. And the last line, uh, the last song in that movie is with Cat Stevens called Father and Son. Mm. I didn't know that because I didn't stick around till I, the end. Well, no, 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 that's like the the end of that movie. It, I wasn't it, there. It's, it's, Mentally. On, it's on Netflix. Uh, to me, I think that's my... I have it on my shelf. Don't worry. To I know me, what to To me, Guardians 2 is the, my favorite Marvel movie just because it's... What? Only because it's so out out from like any other like Marvel property and it, and it, it takes so many risks. Who's the dad? And it, I think it's, yeah. it's, it's hilarious and it's so emotionally moving for me mm. because mm. The, la- the last scene that you see is a raccoon crying. Mm. Uh, and, uh, a CGI and raccoon. Volumes. And it's, and it's, it is Bradley Cooper. And for me, I, I don't know. I love it. And just the song that's playing mm. as well. Mm. It has, adds a lot of effect and it pertains to a lot of like what's going on in this movie movie as well. I will give you a hint, Mark. Okay. Um, in our Halloween, in the Jonathan-directed Halloween movie marathon, mm. we will be watching a Kurt Russell movie. Okay. So, just I, so you know. I, there, there, I could think of many <laughs> Kurt well, Russell movies. Well, we will be in the Halloween horror movie marathon round one, Jonathan Glykowski. I can we'll ar- be watching I a can Kurt Russell movie. I think of several right now. I think you know what it is, but <laughs> go on. Matt, what did you think of this film? Oh, I really liked it. I mean... <gasps> that's not surprising like i just every scene just meant so much yeah (laughs) every scene meant so much this it was a home run i can't believe audiences didn't gravitate towards it oh my taste is good (laughs) yeah um i mean i picked you know picked up on so much wes anderson um or i you know this film would later influence him Totally. Just from a cinematography standpoint, definitely. Like, so much symmetry. Yeah. From a dialogue and character standpoint. Like, just from Harold being very aloof. From, um... Aloof and, like, wryly funny. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, 
dryly funny. Yeah. And um, Maude, of course, being super eccentric. Um, what else? I was thinking... Oh, I was actually thinking that maybe a, probably the most popular song by the Avalanches, uh, Frontier Psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like a band that uses samples. Their first album um, used over like 3,500 samples. So they... They love taking, you know, bits and pieces of other works. And so I actually thought some of the lines like, oh, he was white as a sheet. And Mm. that boy's psych... Wait. He's psychosomatic. That boy needs therapy. I actually thought it all came from this film. All relates to Harold. Yeah, I had to look it up to make sure that it wasn't being sampled in this film while we were watching it. But uh, alas, those lines eventually did not come. It could be inspiration, though. It totally could have fit, I think, Mm. definitely. Um, Yeah, now I think this film permeates a lot of, maybe not popular culture, not by name, but definitely by influence. I wish it was more in the popular zeitgeist. Because a lot of people don't know about this film. And that's kind of my final thought. This is my favorite film. I feel like more people should have seen this by now, yeah. especially adults in our mm-hmm. time period, even though they don't watch movies for, you know, learning or <laughs> discovering. I feel like even if you're young at heart or actually young, you should give Harold and Mob a taste because oh, yeah. it just speaks to me. This movie, the first time I put it in, I was like, God, this is me in a movie. And why hasn't anyone seen this before Mm -hmm. like why don't they get this and i can only highly recommend it yeah i think it'll impact you no matter who you are where you are where you are in your life Mm. there's just so much so many great little speeches i think my favorite is mod um talking about the seagulls i didn't catch it so much Mm. it's kind of like uh like maybe i missed the beginning but my ears perked up once i figured out like where it was going retroactively and she was Kind of like saying, uh, you know, somebody they saw seagulls and they thought it was the most glorious uh, sight that they had ever seen. And then later they realized it was just uh, it was just seagulls. Like it wasn't a magnificent bird. And it's like that just speaks to me like context means so much. Like this film could not just through its content. It's it's really just context. It'll impact you really. Like I said, no matter where you are, it'll. Mm you'll have you'll develop your own meaning for it because it's just so rich and like potential yeah meanings it, it's mm. it's definitely met i think to this day for modern or contemporary audience uh i think a lot of people can gravitate towards this i mean i did for for a lot of reasons and uh i, I wasn't really much expecting what to get out of this i mean i, I was uh through john's recommendations of like what he what he what he was uh gravitating towards in terms of like you know with the west anderson-esque type of uh, cinematography everything really just spoke to me in terms of that context there's a little bit of ab- absurdity in it and <laughs> in terms of like uh how um he's perceived in terms of uh, his suicide attempts but like that's mm. that's just art uh, uh in, in itself and how how he's uh viewing himself uh through a certain lens and i i totally ho- wholeheartedly recommend this movie and mm. i would love to uh, uh, watches again uh, somewhere in, in the in the near future probably sometime this year probably mm, again please do mm-hmm. please do it's a yearly rediscovery of me um i watch it along with a few other movies we'll watch on this podcast every year mm. uh especially around my birthday because that's the time i get more stressful it's like oh another year how am i gonna get through this but i highly recommend you watch it yearly and just see how it grows with you oh yeah um 
We're almost on two hours. Should we end this podcast? I, I, uh, I, think, I think so. Two oh, more right. hours, I think. Yeah, we yeah. Could, I could speak all day and night <laughs> about this film, but is there anywhere they can, our lovely audience could reach you, Mark, on oh, social media? Oh boy, I mean, you can reach me on Instagram over at MZBroJr, uh, or you can reach me on Twitter at uh, ManWhoWearsHats. Mm, <laughs> how about you, Matthew? Well, let's see. I uh, have been known to travel down the streets of New Jersey. <gasps> oh, so my God. If, you, if you see me say hello i'll probably be wearing noise canceling headphones <laughs> yeah and i will ignore you completely <laughs> but um other than that i post very infrequently on twitter under matcap1210 and uh facebook probably matcap1210 steam matcap1210 let's Let's play a couple games together. Oh, Ooh, play that, a game. that Fortnite. <laughs> oh, yeah. Coming to the Switch, supposedly. Whatever. Um, mm. <laughs> anyways, you can find me, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, at Drink and Read JK at Twitter. Losing My Mind JK on Instagram. Uh, you can follow my other podcast, Anime Was Not a Mistake, on Facebook currently. Um, we're going to be going into Castle in the Sky, Ooh. Miyazaki's third film. And you can find us at Nightcaps at Theater on most social media platforms. Um, At Nightcap Cinema. At Nightcap Cinema. Thank you, Matt. Um, (laughs) Other than that, it's Mark's Next Choice, which we will be getting to later in the month. Yes. Mind you, at the tail end of the month, Mark has rehearsals I, and performances of Big Fish the Musical. Yes, uh, it's Zora in East Brunswick. If, uh, if, if none of you have your tickets already, it's already pretty much sold out for all so those So get them now! But uh, yeah, so I, I believe maybe t- the 29th, the 30th at the most, <gasps> I think we'll be back. And I have uh, two choices, but I'm already leaning towards one. One that I haven't seen, but for, from the initial trailers and reactions... I really do want to see it, but uh, from how I've already like told you guys what I'm thinking about doing, you guys already have like a general idea of what I might be bringing. Which is what? I don't want to say. Oh. <laughs> Any hints? Uh, I'd give you enough hints. Uh, I'd rather surprise y'all. All right. Mm, I think I might know what it is. Yeah, I, th- I think John knows. <laughs> I think I might know what it is, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll see you next time on Nightcaps of the Theater. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Farewell. Did you enjoy the show? I'd offer my own commentary, but I've still got popcorn kernels in my teeth and a slight aftertaste of gin I just can't seem to get rid of. Maybe I shouldn't use it as mouthwash anymore. If you would like to offer your own two cents on the podcast, be sure to rate, review, and dare I say, even subscribe. Don't forget to find us on most social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Nightcap Cinema. Don't be afraid to join the conversation, offer your own take on the films we watch, or even suggest something that we should see. We are always welcome and open to all feedback. After all, everyone's a critic. Can I be real for a second? As an avid podcast listener and newbie podcast creator, I better understand now more than ever just how much work and dedication it takes to create and share things through this medium. By taking just a few seconds out of your extremely busy days, you can honestly make a world of difference even for us. Just a couple of millions to talk about movies for shigs on the internet. I would like to personally thank anyone who contributes in any way. Remember, it's all possible thanks to listeners like you. 
Thank you. Huh. What do you mean that's not gonna fly with PBS? You think those antique road-showing geriatrics are gonna listen? You have got to be kidding me! Ugh, oh, we'll just cut it in post.